I don't even need Ryan. Anybody that has a oh, brain oh, thanks. can now figure I, out now a the way. Truth comes out. <laughs> I don't You're need Ryan. You've just been broomed, that's, Ryan. See ya. I guess that is, I think that should be. I guess that's the cold opener, right? There I don't is, need it, Ryan Bemrose. That's your. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode number 37 of the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the barbecue is hot and the bullets are hotter. And from America's left coast, home of the netcast, I'm Ryan Bemrose. The netcast. I remember those days. I mean, now you're going back, but we we are doing a netcast. I guess that's this thing we're doing here. We're doing a netcast with a very special guest, Larry, from that Larry show. Who I mean, you have to be more than an honorary grumpy old Ben. How many episodes does it take to become a full grumpy old Ben, Ryan? Is there a particular number? Because this is what, Uh, episode four or five? I would say at least 50 before you're out of beta. Wow. (laughs) Well, but I feel my Santa Claus beard growing and I have a walking stick. Doesn't that qualify? Does that count for anything? Unfortunately, it's just like software. It never actually comes out of beta. They just keep (laughs) sending pushing updates. (laughs) Well, as long as you say you're in beta, you don't have to be good. And today Uh, we're talking about podcasting and hopefully on how to do a podcast that is good to deal with all of the audio issues, to deal with marketing, to deal with what kind of a podcast you want to do. And this kind of spawned because Ryan and I were talking about. We've been doing these shows here on Friday on the No Agenda Stream live, noagendastream.com. And we've been going on this concept of evergreen type topics, these big type of topics. And we, we're going to try a, you know, more of an open ended show today. And then Larry from that LarryShow.com was asking me a couple of questions yesterday about, you know, the audio when it comes to the podcast. And I'm like, hey, that's a great idea for a show. I mean, I didn't know we were going to be doing it. Well, 12 hours later or so, but here, here we are. This is the magic of the internet. Yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us, Larry. Thanks and, for as always, me. Thank you so much. It's great you know, to the, be here. It is. There, there can't be enough accolades for the, that Larry show. Yeah, everybody uh-huh. should be checking that out. It's one of my wife's favorite podcasts until we were driving the other day, listening to the show. And all of a sudden it went to my voice and she just didn't like that at all. Oh, that's so crazy. You have a fantastic <laughs> AM radio voice. I mean, holy crap. You know, you're like, uh, you guys, by the way, you guys, you two have the, uh, two of the only solo podcasts that we run on our network, uh, because they're, it, it's, as you've pointed out before, it's really hard to do a solo podcast. And, uh, it, a lot of times it feels like the, whoever does it just goes off topic or, or goes monotone or not you know, it ends up not being that interesting and the podcast suffers. And so it's it, the formula for most podcasts that we play is, is two people talking to each other or more. And you guys somehow pull it off. Somewhere. Billy bones is really sad. You forgot about his show that you've added. A few I didn't ago. forget. That's why I said some of, some I just of. felt Billy like bones not- a walk through the mind, another solo show, but yeah, they're, they're a rarity. If you there must are something we'll me. be talking about. Yeah. What's it? Yep. You, I fact checked you. I'm, I'm feeling fact checked here. <laughs> are, you, are you feeling like this is no longer a safe space for you? 
I never thought I, I right and left. It was somebody, a safe space where, I want my trophy. <laughs> but that is the solo podcasts are an intriguing thing, and they're a lot more work. But let, I mean, I guess when you're talking about podcasting 101, mm-hmm. the first question is who should do a podcast? I mean, everybody can do a podcast. It's technologically within the range yes. of anybody who really owns a smartphone, laptop, desktop. You can do a podcast, but should everybody do a podcast? Does and, it take a special personality? And, and what, should they do it from the driver's seat of their car while on the freeway is another important some question. Some do. Thousands do. Which is, yeah. yeah. You know, and that's, uh, that's scary, especially when you're talking about the video podcast, which is something we'll be talking about a little bit as well as far as the type. But it's one of these things, kind of like blogging when it first came out, Mm. when everybody realized, hey, I can do this. And way too many people started doing it. The uh, iTunes, the last you looked up stats on this, Ryan, it was something crazy. Like it was it was really closing in on like a million different podcasts that were listed. The 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 last number I saw was like late 2018, which said iTunes recorded or had. 700 like almost 800,000 podcasts. That sounds and, right. And that the, number that number is yeah. a year old, which means that it's only going up. You got to be right. But then didn't you guys say that, every, that like uh, I forget there was a pretty sizable percentage of them uh, go fewer than 5 episodes are those counted that, or are those just extant pod, you know I wonder what's built into that number. Well, I think the the I think it was the mean number of episodes of any given podcast is 5. Okay. Which, and I say mean, I don't know if it was mean or median, which actually would significantly change the number if you think about it. So let's not think about it. Uh, (laughs) But what it does mean is if, you know, especially if it's mean, all of those podcasts that have 400, 500 episodes, 200 uh, Mm. are really, really dragging up the average. And even if it's median, what, what this means is the vast majority of shows never go up to five episodes. Yeah. And most of these podcasting programs where you, you know, that aggregate all these things where you could search through all the different podcasts out there, it's a rarity to find any where you can set a filter that says if they haven't done a new show in the last month, two months, three months, not to show the shows. I'm sure they exist, but overall, you're probably looking at those listings. I don't think shows ever die. If we all die today and the show's already been posted, it's going to probably be in the <laughs> Apple listing for the next hundred years. Because <laughs> why would they delete it? You know, they want well, it to look like there's this huge amount of shows. Yeah. You know, on the one hand, yes, that that's probably the case. But at the same time, it frightens me just how much content vanishes, even if after, say, a year, like a website uh, that that hosts a bunch of shows or or something. Um, if the person disappears for a few months and stops paying their hosting bill, then everything about that show completely vanishes from the internet in ways that can't be found again. So on the one hand, uh, you know, it, it behooves companies like iTunes to keep them stuff around for a really long time. But on the other hand, when a show is publishing, say via its own website, you're only a couple missed payments away from your show being erased forever. They're actually pretty ephemeral. Well, that's true. But there was also the big complaint about the, uh, was it Luminary, the name of the podcasting service that came out where they were caching the 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 shows of podcasts. Oh, (laughs) 
That was I never even heard of that one. I missed that. Well, that a lot idea. of people complain because it's a free podcast app, but yeah. they also have a paywall and shows that you can only get when you subscribe. Yeah. But oh. what they were doing, and you know, podcasters like us, we look at the numbers of downloads to kind of get an idea of the popularity of the show, how many right. people are listening. Right. And when yeah, somebody they, they like this luminary in, comes in, they came out last February or March and their, their model was, uh, we want podcasters to, who normally run ads or, or pay or something to give us ad free versions of their podcasts and we'll put them behind our paywall. That was, that <laughs> was their real model. Nice. Uh, but, but because, you know, there might be three podcasts in the world that are going to follow that model. They, they think it's going to get big, but to start out, it's not. And so in order to entice people, they also put out an app that aggregated thousands of podcasts mm-hmm. and, you know, mostly including like ours, free. including yours, including yeah. everything that's out there for free. And the problem was that their app, what they were doing was like, like Darren just said, they were caching, they would download it and cache the podcast on their server, which completely screwed up the stats for people who were counting downloads. Mm. And if, if you are counting downloads because you need to report that number to an advertiser, that sort of thing is really important. If you're us and nobody is stupid enough to advertise with you, then I, <laughs> I don't see a problem with it, but yeah. Hmm. Well, that's where the different metrics come into play. And we can talk about that in a second, but I mean, when it comes down to the question of who should do a podcast, the only real answer that I could come up with was. One, somebody who has something to say, which is a good thing, because otherwise, which yeah, which honestly filters out probably seventy five percent of people. Probably, oh, no, every, and I, then I have the, to disagree. Everyone has something to say. It's just do you want to listen to it or not? No, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the bar comes in, and then yes. the other half of the equation is: Are you willing to put in the work and to do the show regularly? Right, which right. is where. A vast majority of podcasts fail, uh, mainly, I think, because everybody we're, we're in, a, especially now, which is different even than I think when I was growing up, is the instant gratification society we're living in, where you post a podcast today, and I think people really believe that they're going to magically get downloads, and that's not the case. It's a lot yes. of work. And, and I believe once you do five, 10 shows, if you get to that point and you look at your download numbers and you're like, well, five, I, do, my, do I still want to keep doing this? It's, it's very easy to get discouraged. So I guess that would be my main criteria is Un- unless believe of course, you have you something to say steal someone else's audience like we did. Well, that's not cheating. That is a big help, though. There's yeah. no doubt about it because you have to keep them. Yes. You know, that is, you know, that is the trick. So, I mean, there's no, I don't think there was a good answer to who should do a podcast, but then the first question, if you're sitting down and going, this is a brand new podcast. And I've gone through that a few times. I mean, we brought uh, Ryan into it, kicking and streaming. Uh, you know, yeah. Kicking and, and streaming. streaming that, actually, maybe <laughs> that should be that. That should be a title of a new podcast. <laughs> it's a damn good title. Kicking, yes. Yes. I like that. Kicking, kicking and, and streaming. streaming. I like yes, that. Quick, quick. Before we publish this, let's register kicking and streaming. Yeah, do, it, do it. Do it. Yeah, does that exist? Check that out. Um, we need to, or nobody in the troll room steal that. No agenda yeah. stream.com where we broadcast live. But the next question comes to audio 
or video. Mm-hmm. And did you did you consider that at all, Larry, when sitting down to starting that Larry show? Did you want to at all have any thoughts at all that to make it into a video production production or since you came a little bit from a radio background that you just went, well, audio is what it needs to be. You know, I thought I thought I thought, how much time am I going to spend in hair and makeup? And then I said, fuck that. I'm t- only audio. That's <laughs> it. You know, I just can't deal with that. Uh, well, yeah, hair, I, hair and makeup is is a pretty old concept these days. If, if you is. go to YouTube, nobody. <laughs> but they should. I allow you that they should, but they yeah, don't. I, in fact, in fact, let me ask you guys something, because there are. You know, there's so many, uh, as you said, 800,000. Last time I looked, there were 660,000, but there's, there's probably even more people doing, you know, with YouTube channels, maybe even than podcasts. I don't know. But so many of them, it seems like the visual aesthetics are fucking meaningless. And I, I can't quite wrap my head around that. You know, guys basically sitting in the toilet talking. Um, why is that? I, well, I, it's, be- because what they're doing is podcasting, but the platform they want to publish on because it's the one that's familiar. It's the one that they, they are into and familiar with is YouTube. YouTube mm. publishes video. So they need a video stream to go with it, but their content is all audio. And yeah. I would say that the majority of those where it's just nothing but some talking head in their bathroom or in, in their office, staring at a camera mm-hmm. with a dead stare the whole time, those need to be audio only, but yeah. YouTube doesn't publish audio only. They need video. So that's what you get. Well, and the other interesting part of that is there is no uh, equivalent to YouTube in the audio world. There is no place where you can go and post your audio podcast or whatever your audio content is for free that aggregates them and kind of shows them in a way that YouTube does where you is, recommend the next thing you're going to listen to. You know, recommend if you listen is? to Larry. You're right. Is it? Is that what SoundCloud is? I, I, honestly, I, mean, I know I don't you can know. upload stuff, but it's a much, I mean, it's not a system that's anywhere near as uh, involved as YouTube. I mean, I guess no. you can upload audio files. We yeah. should bring on, I we should bring on John Fletcher. He, he's definitely a SoundCloud veteran. He'd be able to answer this. Hmm. Well, he's currently at work because he's more than just a podcaster. So, uh, but we can ask him that question and how that works. I know there's a lot of stuff on SoundCloud, but it's not a. I don't believe it works as easily as YouTube and maybe people, maybe are we just in a, a time where people want that 15 minutes of fame so bad. And if you're out and about, most people are never going to recognize somebody. If they just know your voice that would maybe people want to be recognized or they want to, you know, is that a, maybe it's a part of it. You want that 15 minutes of fame and you want to be on the TV because people can watch these podcasts on TV. And I understand there's the shows that do it both ways, like all the stuff over on Leo Laporte's network mm. where you can get audio version and you can watch the the video version, even though there's not a whole lot of extra added content there. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Most of these shows work just fine as audio, but for some reason they're being pushed as video to try to get into, you know, another metric to get more yeah. people to watch. And, you know, maybe that does, that's, Maybe not a bad idea. I mean, I get it. You want the most listeners you can possibly sure. have, and YouTube makes it really easy, and they pay the bandwidth bill as well. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I guess what's the gold standard? Is it? It's probably like Carol and Rogan and Marin and you know a handful of guys. 
And they're all doing it, uh, you know, simulcasts, I guess you would call them, right? Audio video thing. Does Hello. Marin do video as well? I mean, I know Rogan does he? and- I don't uh, even know. I've only listened to his show once or twice. I don't know. Does he? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Rogan and Corolla do video, I yeah. think. They're definitely not, onto something uh, I don't think because Marin. those are, they, they are the new Cronkite. They are the new, yeah. uh, you know, Le- uh, Leno. They are the new Johnny Carson of their day. And everybody yeah. who wants, yeah, <laughs> those, all those references make me old. Um, they are, they're the people that people want to emulate. If you want to be serious into producing a show, then you need to emulate the people who are really successful. And right now, those are the guys, Rogan and, and uh, Adam Curry. I think, I think Rogan just, uh, you know, planted a flag, uh, you know, as as a, as a journalist, really when didn't he, with the phenomenal get he got, uh, was it Assange? I think he had on a show. Oh no, it was the other guy, Snowden. He had Snowden. Uh, he's, he's a hell of a lot more reli- he he's he's not really a journalist and he spouts his uninformed opinion all the time yeah but he he talks to everybody and he is open to hearing new ideas and that puts him ahead of 80 percent of journalism these days anyway oh yeah yeah um but yeah he's so i guess but i don't know why people i mean to me it, it is i mean the, the whole the whole essence of it is is audio and if you have video as well, well, and it's not a podcast, I guess it's something else. Um, what what that is? What what are the, does maybe there's a name for that that I don't know. Um, but the idea to uh, me, I mean, netcast? I thought that the whole idea of a podcast was the convenience of selecting what you want to listen to, where you're not bound by the g- geography of an AM or FM signal, and you can listen to at your you know when you want to. So the idea of having to look at something as you listen kind of fucks that up. No to me well it, i mean oh. to an extent it it's about how how and when you choose to do your listening it's right. it's about format it's what format are you comfortable with because if you are you know doing the classic american pose of sitting in your lazy boy and staring at a screen then why not have video yeah. but if you're if you're jogging then or or you're driving or doing something where your eyes should be out in the world then it's probably best that you're not watching a video yeah right and most of these popular video podcasts like rogan don't require the video to enjoy the show and maybe that's the you know that's the one aspect that you have to look at just because you have video if you start doing you know animations if you start pulling up too much stuff on the screen where you're talking about i mean nothing is worse than listening to an audio podcast and somebody being like, well, as you can see on the screen here, I mean, look at the way they did this. It's like it's meaningless because yes. you can't see it. But if you're just simply adding video because you want to get it up on YouTube <laughs> and you're right, Ryan. I mean, if somebody's sitting there at you know seven o'clock I, at I'm, night I'm and sorry, kicking back into the lazy boy, I, I didn't. And catch they just what, want to. What, what did you say again? I, I thought I heard you say you're right, Ryan. Can, can <laughs> you probably that? that <laughs> that was pro- you probably misunderstood that but uh if somebody is wanting to kick back in a lazy boy and enjoy content and it's seven o'clock at night and they're at home and they have a big tv and you can get the joe rogan show mm-hmm. and watch the interview i guess i understand where that could be beneficial but as a starting podcaster video adds so much more to the hassle it adds so much more to the work yeah. it adds such a pain in the ass when it comes to editing which you should be doing as a new podcaster that 
I would avoid video until unless you're really familiar with making videos or if you have somebody that is an expert or if you have the money. I mean, if you're somebody that's coming into wanting to do podcasts and you have an unlimited budget and you want to do the best show possible and you can pay somebody to do the work, then by all means. But if you're starting a podcast that's a a grassroots thing where you're doing all the work from the content to the editing, think twice about doing a full-length video show. I mean, I know some people cheat and it's kind of uh I get it where they want to, uh, they just take the audio and they put up a, their logo or maybe a slideshow of things random, you know, that keeps going between where they put their shows up on YouTube. So at least the audio is up there for people that want to listen to it, Mm -hmm. but I would avoid the video shows. Yeah. Well, I do, I do kind of a half-assed version of that myself when I, when I, when I post an episode that I think might have some, you know, very broad appeal or whatever, I, I will sometimes do a. I don't know, maybe a two or three minute teaser where I'll just take the opening of the show, maybe the, you know, the uh, cold open or whatever that, and, and, and put it on YouTube with the thumbnail. And because, you know, people said that's a good idea. I don't, I don't really know if it does me any good. It's a lot of extra work, um, but I do it occasionally. So I guess it's all about the morality. Huh? Right. I'm going to take, uh, take a, the, the controversial position and and actually disagree with you here, Darren. Uh, I think that if you decide to go with video for your show, it should not be determined by whether or not you're experienced. It should not be determined by whether or not you have gear because there are people who have a video camera and are think, oh, then I should do video. And and that's wrong. Uh, what, What should determine whether or not you add video to your podcast is does your podcast need video? Is the content enhanced by video? I think that the worst thing you can do with video is like Larry was describing earlier, where you do a show where all of the content is in the audio. And the only thing that you, your video is adding is a, a talking head with bad lighting, no makeup and screwed up hair that is distracting from the audio message. Mm-hmm. You know, to that point, uh, before Howard Stern became, you know, the juggernaut that he is, I mean, he was already big, but, you know, as a kid in New York, you know, he, he, he built a hell of a following in AM radio. And then one of the independent TV stations said, Hey, let's fucking throw a camera on this guy and, and run it, you know, 1130 to midnight. Oh, that's a terrible idea. He has one goofy looking mofo. Well, he is. And, um, and it was the, it was, it was this, you know, breakout enormously popular radio show in the New York area. This is even before it was syndicated. Um, and so you'd tune in, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the WPIX version of it on, on television and it sucked, you know, but then they got wise. Then I, I think they kind of, they flipped it around, um, and decided instead of just you know, putting a live camera in the studio, they actually did a dedicated show in the studio and have sort of, it was kind of like a, what would it be called? You know, when they have, have these shows like uh, kind of the show about the show, you know what I mean? It wasn't, right. it wasn't the live Meta. feed. And I, I remember seeing one episode that was absolutely hysterical. They had on Tony Bennett, the singer, if you can imagine, you know, and like so many uh, artists, he thought he was, he was fluid or, or, or competent in all the arts and he was painting. 
Okay. <laughs> he was doing canvases and sculptures and so forth. And I guess nobody, you know, his press agent, whatever was a hack, didn't really tip Tony to what Howard was all about. And so Howard <laughs> came out and you know, sat on the couch with Howard and Baba Bowie and, and stuttering John. And uh, he's holding up these little canvases and saying, this is my French impressionistic phase and my this and that, whatever the hell it is. He's showing these things and they were okay. You know, and then, and then Howard goes, well, you know, we have, we have an artist in, on staff here as well. And Tony goes, oh, really? What does he do? He says, well, he works kind of in mixed media. No kidding. You know, do you want to see his work? Yeah, look, look at this. And he takes, <laughs> he pulls out from behind the desk, puts on top of it a bobblehead of Baba Booey from Quick Draw McGraw and flicks it and says, we made this. Is this not art? You know, and you can see, I thought Tony was going to fucking rip his eyeballs out. He was so furious. In fact, he might have walked over, walked off the set. It was a long time ago. But I thought, wow, now they got something going. But, uh, I, and, yeah. and that's the kind of thing that doesn't work if you don't have video. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and it wasn't, it, you know, what, and, it, and by the same token, it sure as hell wouldn't have worked on his radio show. So let me ask you, Ryan, does the Joe Rogan show benefit from video? I, I mean, I, I suppose that if, if you're into, joe he he's you know that bald head and everything there are a lot of people who are turned on i, I don't know um i i mean the i gotta admit i'm not a i'm not a regular listener of joe rogan but when when somebody sends me an episode they're like you have to go listen then what i'll usually do is i'll go to youtube because I, frankly it is one of the easy places to get that content yep, and right. i'll i'll run the stream from there because it's so seamless and then I'll minimize the window because I don't need to look at that shit. I, yeah. You so, like right, so you're just tattoos. grabbing the audio. I, I'm getting the audio. I'm, I'm, I'm starting a YouTube stream and then ignoring the video. Mm-hmm. And, well, and the interesting thing. So does Joe with, Rogan benefit from his video? I, I'm I quite possibly with certain people. Uh, I, I have not. Well, a lot I, of people consume it that way. So I mean, yeah. I'm just I'm just kind of curious as to. So I haven't know, personally seen anything on his show that needs video. I I haven't, you know, everything that I've ever seen in the videos of his show, and you could, you know, I I haven't watched that much, right. so you can correct me, but I've never seen anything on that show other than the inside of the studio and the camera correct. cutting back and forth to people talking. And that is unnecessary video, in my opinion. Yep. It's very much so done. So it doesn't hurt the audio part of it. But a lot of people still want to consume it that way. And if you, if people want to consume that way and you're not doing video, then you're losing part of an audience. I get I get that. And that is, uh, you know, so I don't know. It, I guess it all depends what your goals are and what you're looking to do. Yeah. But and, if you think whether, you're leaving people on the. Whether or not. I, <laughs> When I listen to a podcast, I am almost always doing something else with it. That's it's kind of how I structure yes. my time is yeah. I'm always doing something. And and sometimes that something is wasting my time playing a video game or something, but I'm always doing something. I never just sit down and like I don't watch TV. I never just sit down and watch something mm-hmm. and listen to it. Uh, so if if I'm listening to Joe Rogan, I'm not going to be watching Joe Rogan. I'm going to be, you know, looking at porn on the other screen or something. There you go. <laughs> whatever you want to do, man. Yeah, what, whatever management. it is that I happen to be doing. Do something but, useful with your time. Agreed. Well, that's what porn is. Yes. <laughs> so I guess the, the end result is if you can do video, YouTube gives you a great place to put it up. 
a lot of people may want to consume it that way, but I wouldn't, I would never do video only when it comes to podcasting type of content. Cause I think it is still something that most people want to consume on their commute and they shouldn't be watching TV while driving. Although we know some people do, Mm -hmm. um, So the audio video question is, you know, it's one, there's again, like everything else that we seem to talk about on grumpy old Ben's, there's no easy answer. If you can do video well, even if, you know, just to throw it up on YouTube, then you certainly can't hurt anything. It's certainly not going to cost you any money to put it up on YouTube. Just understand that it is more work to do video. It 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 might cost you some respect though. That's possible. That is possible. I mean, if everybody had to see Ryan in his bathrobe, uh, without a shirt on and a cat on his lap, they might be like, I don't know if I want to take this guy's opinions anymore. I, I, I will very have seriously. you know that I am wearing a shirt underneath the bathrobe with a cat on my lap right now. There you go. Okay. Pants. I'm not a barbarian. I'm picturing Pants. Ernst Stavro Blofeld. Is this a white cat? Uh, no, he's, <laughs> oh. he's a Maine Coon. Oh. It is Whoa, a long haired cat. Cool. Though. I know yeah, those they cats. Are. They're cool. They like to live in trees. Uh, no, not that kind. Oh, Okay. And also not the racist kind. Okay. The racist scum. How could you even be thinking that? Really? No, yeah. I, you know, with the YouTube thing, though, I guess one, you know, maybe a possible advantage of it is the immediacy of it. Because when I, when I post a new episode, I'll always, you know, plug a, a, a you know, kind of a teaser on, on Twitter and Facebook. And there'll usually be, you know, a few words sort of, again, teasing it and, and the link. But the link just goes to thatlarryshow.com. Right. And then once you get there, you still have to click, uh, you know, either the, the listen live now or the, or the download thing. Whereas with YouTube, uh, if you put a YouTube link on social media, boom, you're, you're right there. It brings you right to whatever you're looking for. So it saves, okay, I guess, I kind of, I guess it makes it what less labor intensive or complex. If well, you yeah. have somebody to it'll sample play it, it, right? It'll play it directly in directly. Twitter. It'll play it directly in Mastodon. That yep. little video screen comes up and nobody has to go anywhere. So right. that is a big plus. It's a plus. But if your website gave the direct link, that would work too. Uh, like when, you know, on the Grumpy Old Ben site, uh, if, if I, somebody sends me a link to it, there's a little play widget right on the front and I have to mm-hmm. click that one. And I mean, in, in my case, I also have to click, okay, enable scripting, enable widgets, sure. it, but, but my browser is seriously locked down but if my browser were were open to hackers then it would be one click i mean one of the beauty one of the things and and this is might be a different topic but this is something i recommend to every podcaster is uh do not even if you host with one of the big services do not let somebody else control the presentation of your site have your own domain have your own website control that stuff don't yeah. just relieve it up. Like don't, if, if somebody says, Hey, what's your podcast? You'd be like, well, I'm such and such dot libsyn.com. Well, okay. Hmm. Then you don't really have when a Libsyn website. goes broke. Right. Yeah. yeah you're, <laughs> but you're I think that's, a, that's the, that's the flaw with a lot of this, the SoundCloud people. Cause they think that that's enough and it's not, you really need a URL with, with a dedicated, you know, name and so forth. And I think SoundCloud, no, you shouldn't see, trust a social network to right. represent you. Right, especially right. if if you want this like if it's a hobby or if it's a thing you do on the side or you you've got your own thing going oh it's, well fine if if you you know want a one-off thing but if if you are putting this out there as this is me this is the thing that i represent you need to control that 
you know, right. Well, that goes to the marketing and branding, and we'll talk a little bit about that in, in a little bit as well. But the last thing, talking about video, I did want to mention the the concept. If you go with the No Agenda show, which we're all familiar with, they've started. Uh, there's a producer named Jennifer Buchanan, I believe her last name is, has been doing videos which are very similar. I've, I've messed around with the Adobe version of this, which is Adobe uh, Character Animator. But there is a website that she's using uh, for business little presentations that if you want to do quick little animations that you can put these together with their online service and it'll sync, you know, the mouths of the characters to the speech of your audio file. And the results so far have been pretty damn cool, Larry. And this is something that I would recommend if people are doing especially long form podcasts, you know, anything over five minutes, which, Mm -hmm. you know, most podcasts are. You can pull out those little clips and, you know, kind of have an animated Larry and, you know, you'd be talking about things, add whatever you want into the little situation and make a, you know, a little cartoon out of it, which is an easy way to take audio content and throw it up on YouTube. Did I say one of uh, those? did did uh, did did John and Adam post that and 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 Adam was kind yes. of like uh, in studio yeah. and there's a there's a wave right. form behind him and he's kind of goofy looking you know like maybe yeah. a 19 year old Adam or something is that what I watched is that yeah Adam's been posting yes. a lot of those yes okay so, and so my question uh, because because I for one I know that I would definitely subscribe to an animated Larry show uh, mm-hmm. is do you do you see an animated grumpy old Ben's in our future. <laughs> yeah it's possible hell yeah so because how does that work does, I'm, did, I'm a little frightened at, at what character they would use for me do they have, do they have a menu <laughs> of like character templates or did somebody feed them that yes that, that rendering of adam and john and say use these or how does that work no i'm pretty sure that's all cookie cutter stuff which i mean i know they keep talking about wanting to do you know kind of push that into a series of things which i think you would have to get a little more um unique yeah. For that, but the concept would be the same. And Adobe's version lets you take the characters. It lets you take the um, the base that they give you to start with, and you can do a lot of things to to make it your own. Which is mm. uh, it's nice. I mean, yeah. Adobe I think gives you a lot more ability to customize it, and you fully control the you know the copyrights and everything for the things that you create. But it is a very easy way. I mean, it's it's a very wild technology. I played around with it uh, maybe two two or three years ago when I was really mad that the White Sox were sucking and their pitching was sucking. And <laughs> I, I made like a two-minute video just lambasting how bad their pitching and their pitching coach is. But the, the beautiful thing about this is when you're recording in the Adobe Character Animator, this is even better if you're making little quick videos on your own. So I mean, saying not taking your you know, that Larry show and making a clip afterwards. But if you're doing this just for video, you can turn on your webcam. So you have your anime, you, you work on your animated Larry, whatever you want him to look like, you get your character ready. And then you turn on your webcam while you're recording this. And as you move, it mirrors <laughs> with your character, wow. your movement. So if your hands are going everywhere and you're moving your head, it takes all of that and turns that into the movements for the character animation, which is uh, it's pretty wild stuff when you think about the technology behind it. But it's a cool way to make video if you don't want to do hair and makeup because you're always perfect. You're now animated, like Larry, rather than, you know, hey, I don't have to worry. I don't have to brush my hair. Don't know what I had. No lighting. Don't have to worry about it. Can I get a ripped and so shredded, a- Larry? 
with a jawline yeah. like uh, George Clooney. Can I get that? Uh, yes, <laughs> that is available. Okay. You need to uh, like stand up from your studio, go down the hall, go into the bathroom and look in the mirror and you get one of those. Okay. <laughs> well, wow, you're you, being sir. nice to somebody again. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not used to that. Well, it, I know you're not used to it. You're the. You're the only one I'm not nice to. <laughs> okay. But that's an interesting way to get into video. And yeah, I think there's. Uh, I think there's. I think that's a great way to take little clips from a show where we're doing very long form shows, and that's the next thing on the list. But the, you're doing long form shows to where there's. Hey, there's a great five minute bit that would really work on YouTube to give people an idea of what your show is. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the greatest hits, you know, the mm-hmm. great, the bits that you want uh, that you can maybe bring people hopefully into the show. And it's, it's something at least interesting to try. And uh, Dame Jennifer has been doing a great job with those. And I don't think it's that hard to do once you have the software package, which is the, the beauty of it. You're just grabbing mm-hmm. the assets of whatever it is, the background and the characters you're bringing in. And the machines really do most of the work, which is kind of scary. But like I said, we do long form shows and that would be a question. I think most people, when they're getting into podcasting, I know Ryan and I had the conversation and it's been meaningless. Uh, but when you sat down to think about the, that Larry show, did you have a length of time in mind, Larry, for each episode? Like, hey, I really want this to be, yeah. you know, 15 to 20 minutes, 20, 30, whatever. Yeah, or did. did you just go, it'll be what it is. Did you, how much thought did that go into it? I, I kind of figured, um, I guess somewhere I had read that the average, uh, commute time in America is like 25 or 30 minutes. People spend getting to work. <laughs> which sounds I, very, I know not sure as hell, not in LA, um, or New York, but if, if that's a true, you know, if that's a true stat, then that's kind of what I went with. And I thought, you know, I'll do something around a half hour. So when I started, they were, they were maybe 30 to 40 minutes. And as I went on and on, they, I, I found, I tried to trim some more fat. And so now they run 20, about around 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes on average. Yeah. So, yes. And that is a question for people. It's like, what is the length? I mean, there are some podcasts that are really good that can pull it off in five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. No agenda is one of the longer, although Rogan, I think gets into that same territory as well, yeah. which is closing in on the three hour podcast. Yeah. I don't think there's many that go over three hours. Yeah. Or maybe I'm missing something, right? Well, I mean, it, really, it, that's. I, I'm certain there are a lot of them that go over three hours and they aren't worth listening to, but Sturgeon's Law. Yeah. Uh, Sturgeon's Law, correct. I mean, I, I mean, I, I just, again, I, 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 I just view myself as Johnny Average. You know, and I think, what would I, how long do I have to do this? You know, and um, for me, I don't. I don't have three hours to, to dedicate to almost anything that, you know, isn't, uh, uh, of paramount importance in my life. So for me, shorter is better. Something that's easily digestible. And, uh, <laughs> so that's kind well, of, and yeah. And with length, I think you also start getting into, once you have those longer podcasts, like we run into all the time with the 90 minutes of two hours, I think it is treated for the average listener as more of a radio concept, which Mm -hmm. is if you miss an episode, no big deal. Right. Where, you know, the shorter episodes are maybe a little bit more episodic Mm -hmm. and people will go back and listen to those because, you know, at that half hour mark, you know, you have a hundred, 200 shows you go, okay, well I can, that's doable. You know, I Mm -hmm. can catch up within six months. If I listen to two shows a day, whatever it is, 
it's it's not that hard but if like no agenda and they laugh all the time when they hear from people that are like hey you know i just discovered the show a year ago and i went back to one and i've been listening to, they're like why <laughs> i mean these are some very old very long shows and you know sometimes there's a bit of diminishing returns depending on the show which is you know ryan will, will tell you that that's the reason why he wanted to do the evergreen concept is because people can come back in a year and mm-hmm. it'll still be relevant right that yeah. was the concept right yeah, that was the idea absolutely I mean, no agenda has something like five thousand hours of content so far sure so uh yeah I, I can imagine not wanting to do that i mean that's that's more than a month of listening uh grumpy old ben's will will get there i'm sure uh but yeah the- well, and as far as the, as far as the length of show i mean again this is there's no simple answer is do what the content requires. Mm-hmm. If you want to do a daily update on what you know Taylor Swift is doing, you could probably do that in five minutes. If you're doing a show that requires more time, that is the one beauty of podcasting is nobody's going to tell you exactly how long it has True. to be. Yeah. And you can do whatever you want, which is good and bad, which is also why people need to understand, you know, editing's important. And don't waste people's time. I mean, that's one thing. If you do a two-hour show and people leave going, well, there was like 10 minutes of good content in there and the rest was filler, then you probably need to cut it down. I think the average show for a solo person is- I thought that was our formula. What? Just 10 minutes of good content every two hours? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a a concept that's working, but- (laughs) The I think the single person shows are less because one, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And I think people get tired of the monologue. So I think you're absolutely right that the 30 minutes or under, and I know people do shorter ones. And it depends how many shows you want to do a week. It depends what your schedule is. I mean, if you just wanted a Bemrose rant, I mean, I would doubt they'd ever be under 10 minutes, but he could do one a day and not have a problem with getting the content. I, I could probably I mean, do three hours daily. <laughs> with how much of that would be good what percentage well it would all be Bemrose rant <laughs> yeah they would just get yeah, kicking and streaming I, really the like report. I think you struck some gold there buddy yeah, that's probably already uh we'll have, to, we'll have to go look and see if that dot yeah. com is available so length of show i mean if you're doing a single person show i mean do what you can 10 15 20 30 minutes is probably about the high end for that mm-hmm. for a two-person show you could easily go two or three hours if the content is good enough for that to happen and then this brings us right into the next point which is the solo or multi-person show i've done both and i can say that the solo shows as you know larry way more work Mm -hmm. way more preparation that has to go into them Mm -hmm. because you're not working off of anybody else i mean you all the ideas are yours and that is both good and bad right yep yeah, it's a it's a lonely road, um, but uh, <laughs> there's no backseat drivers. So that's uh, well, which is why you told me to try the the solo route because I was waiting for my buddy uh, to to come back and, and restart a podcast that we had been doing, and and he's still kind of in the wind. So <laughs> this is now uh, <laughs> what sixty what <laughs> something, yeah, <laughs> sixty some more because it's sixty yeah. something episodes of random thoughts, and we missed a while when I was going through the gallbladder stuff and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we started this one up with Ryan, and this is now episode 37. Wow. So uh, there, there's been a lot of content created, and mm-hmm. I will say 
that uh, I mean, your advice was absolutely right, which is doing a solo show. You have complete control over what you're doing and you don't have to worry about having that co-host who shows up all the time. I know our buddy Mark Van Dyke, who does the or was doing the Mark and George show, which is kind of on hiatus right now, mm-hmm. had some problems with his co-host showing up. And that's uh, that's one thing I have to give Ryan Bemrose is he, he shows up, which is yes. which is a plus usually with coffee. But do you, do you yeah. share it? Well, no. Only time it's not with coffee is uh, you know, yeah. Well, uh, trust me, if it's not coffee, it's whiskey, and that's a totally different show. Uh, that is a different show. You know, I that's what, cr- was it. You Darren, old man's after dark. I that told me, uh, you know, at one point that uh, doing a solo show was one of the things that made you appreciate doing multiple pers- uh, multiple person show. Oh, there's no doubt about I, it. Yeah, because I wonder if if maybe and Larry, you might be able to correct me on this. Maybe your advice of go do a solo show was uh, really a, a hidden way of saying you need to find a new co-host. <laughs> well, that well, was before is, Grumpy Old Ben's. Grump, this is way before Grumpy yeah. Old Ben's. I was yeah. like, yeah, uh, no, but but I can just imagine saying, yeah, go off and do your own show, and then you know, sitting back and. <laughs> cackling and rubbing your fingers together going yeah it'll be like two weeks before he goes and has uh, to find another host i'm not that devious or smart so uh no uh you know it's it's tough um and there you know i wonder i mean is there is there a sort of uh you know is there a, is there a rogan equivalency in a in a solo uh podcast i don't know i mean i don't spend a lot of time sampling podcasts i guess i should i really should but i you know i just i mean i listen i always listen to 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 this show and i listened to darren's show and maybe one or two others and uh i'm really not um that conversant or familiar with what the hell else is out there is is there somebody of rogan's stature audience wise doing a solo i don't know is there well there's uh there's nobody of rogan's stature audience wise right not not in the podcasting but realm. even close uh there there's there's people who are uh Actually, I, I can't think of a single name, so I'm going to back out that that statement right there. Uh, I know there are people who are doing shows. I don't know. The problem is that the like the, all of the the really big topics, like the thing, if you go out and you start say a true crime podcast these days, you're going to mm-hmm. get 600 people instantly because that's such a hot genre, and mm-hmm. I'm not even into that at all. So I'm. I mean, there's so much out there that to say whether or not something exists is is tough. Yeah. Well, there's nothing that comes to mind as far as the single person show where Maybe even the, the ones that, knows. Yeah, because even the things like, I mean, I listen to a lot of Kevin Smith shows and he's, you know, the main guy, but he's always talking to somebody. I mean, mm-hmm. there have been episodes that he did on his own, but they're not the norm. The um, even you know, there are some comedians. That have done solo shows. Rogan is the only regular on his show, but he's always talking to someone. Yeah, that's the interview, right? Which is an interview type show. As far as somebody going and doing a solo show with just them talking, um, no, I mean it's it's a rarity, and the ones that are don't seem to get anywhere near the audience. Which is um, my guess on that would be people like to feel like they're hearing a conversation and having two voices makes it feel much more like you're a part of a conversation rather than just one voice talking to you. And I think there is something to 
no matter how good or bad the voice being delivering the podcast is delivering the content, I think you get pretty quickly into a fatigue if you just hear that same voice going, you know, minutes, minutes, half hour, you know, hour plus on end. I don't think people like that as much. I do think that they like the conversational Mm. podcast. And I can tell you, I mean, again, just from experience, I do very similar content between the random thoughts. We've covered a lot of the same stuff as we have here on Grumpy Old Ben's. And even though Grumpy Old Ben's is a newer show, it's been around for less time. It gets more downloads and Mm. it didn't take long for it to eclipse. And you know, really, it's either people hate me and they like Ryan, which is always, I guess, a possibility. The troll room can, uh, can chime in on that. I mean, I mean, there's got to be somebody, right? Yeah, there has to be somebody that's, that figures that's the right way. Or it's just that there's, and there's a lot of, when you're dealing with shows, I think, that are supposed to be comedy, that are supposed to make people laugh, it's a lot easier to do with a co-host or two, just from the fact that, you know, either one, there's, you know, crazy stuff. Ryan will say, I know that's a surprise to everybody listening that Ryan might say some crazy stuff, but then they get to hear me laughing as well. And they feel like they're taking a part of that, where if it's just a single person, you can say something really funny, but unless you're going to be laughing at your own jokes, you're missing out on, you know, that little extra bit of soundtrack, Larry, which I think Mm -hmm. is why there's a lot of these podcasts that are around that kind of emulate the, you know, the morning zoo format where oh, there's yeah. a bunch of guys sure. telling jokes. And I mean, Ryan loves the, and they're no agenda listeners. So we're not going to break bad on the, mm. who are these podcast guys? It's not exactly <laughs> my favorite show, but I get the concept that a bunch of guys are getting together to rip on a podcast and have fun. Yeah. And well, people like it. They do. And you know, as you're, as you're telling that something occurred to me that, uh, it struck me as odd if you think about it um solo stand-up comedians can become enormous i mean just you think of you know robin williams or Eddie murphy or chris rock i mean it goes on and on um however sketch comedy troops and and ensembles never ever get anywhere near the level of popularity that a solo stand-up guy has. And I wonder why that is, because we're talking about the reverse here in podcast land. What's what's the difference? Some, there's some kind of a disconnect there. It should carry over. Marketing. Right? Marketing? Is that it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, no this is exactly I mean, grumpy and, old Ben's in a but, nutshell. But, Ryan well, says I, something, then you question it, and he goes, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, really, <laughs> it's, but think of it. Why are, why are some of these guys become absolute enormous superstars and you think of the counterpart of that, which is, you know, the ensemble sit around and talk and chew the fat type thing that podcasts are. And, you know, people but have tried that. I, I feel work. like I need to explain my, my <clears throat> flippant comment, though, which is that uh, Robin Williams and Eddie Murphy came up in the 70s and 80s when mm-hmm. uh, the, the media and the, the pipeline, the, the platform was still strictly controlled by large companies who mm-hmm. were curating all content for the people. So the, you know, what became popular was, uh, yes, to an extent it was whether or not somebody liked a thing, but first and foremost, it was, uh, did the suits let it get through the very tightly choked pipeline? Mm-hmm. And 
we're talking about podcasting here, which is uh, an example of what, you know, 10 years ago would, would have been referred to as new media. Now it's just becoming media, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's the result, you know, the, the effect that the internet is having on all of culture, which is democratization, you know, in, in 1985, uh, when Eddie Murphy was, was doing his breakout amazing work, uh, Yes, he he did some amazing things. Once he was on there, he became the most popular person in the world for a moment. But well before that happened, he had to convince some corporate suit that he should be allowed to have a platform at all. And that step just doesn't exist today. The the step today is, you know, I feel like I've got something that should be funny. I'm just going to put it out there and suddenly it's out there. There, there, the barrier is almost none as we, as we started out this show talking about, but I still, but, think, yeah, I think there's a much, go ahead. I, I think there's a much more visceral difference and a much, uh, and a much simpler explanation okay. to that question, Ryan, which is when Eddie Murray was out there and there's still guys doing stand up comedy and still doing very well. Yeah. The, you know what the difference is when you're dealing with a stand up comic is the very simple thing is. They're doing it in front of an audience, right? And you can hear the audience's reaction. If that same stand-up comic were to do his act without an audience and release it as a podcast, you would have a completely different experience than you listening to that performance and hearing the crowd react. But but we're doing it in front of an audience too. That's what the troll room is. That's why. But you can't hear the troll room. Well, no, we not here. But I can read the and troll. That's room. the difference we're, we're of why streaming. a single. But that's the difference of why a single person show. I think is less. Uh, that people take to it less is that you don't have that audience. You don't get, I mean, why do these television I, shows? I, I'm still put getting in a the instant track? feedback though. I'm still getting the, the dopamine hit. No, but of your somebody, listeners liked, not. somebody liked the thing that I was getting. Yeah, but the listeners are, we're talking about the listeners oh. viewpoint of this, not the podcaster on why they find something to be more engaging. You know, why these one person shows aren't as, successful as the multi-host ones if, even if they're guys just around but if know, that's actually true why did, why did jokes. laugh tracks go away most of them didn't and but no. i mean there are still laugh tracks out there but mm-hmm. well, you yeah, know, laugh tracks are there for the same reason to, to let people know that they should be laughing this is I, funny right. you yes. should uh, you should respond the yes, same dear, way dear sheep you need to laugh now this was funny yeah. Sure. You know, but it adds something to the show. I mean, if, I mean, I know most of the jokes that you tell on this show, Ryan, just go with crickets and nobody laughing, but <laughs> well, yeah. uh, for people which, that are funny. Which puts to lie your point about having a two person show is better because you never laugh at my jokes, even well, when I they do. are funny. I have, there's, yeah, we, we I have, uh, I, there's audio tape of me laughing at your jokes. And it's that interaction, I think, that. I think that people take two more. I do. And anybody that out that has a uh, differing opinion, feel free to reach out to us in one way, shape or form and let us know what that is. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I've always enjoyed the multi-person shows overall more than the single person shows. And it's because of that conversational, you know, concept, I believe. And it's also the fact that not everybody does a show as well as Larry does, because your show is very entertaining and the delivery is great. And it's at the top of the list now every Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever that drops, it's, you know, it's on the queue. It's listened to it. It just happens to be great that my wife is off on Tuesday and Wednesday. So usually when that Uh, show drops, we're out doing things, get to listen to it in the car. And we're no longer listening to all the Kevin Smith stuff. And, uh, 
there was another comedian that used to do a show that every now and then on his own, uh, which was one of the only other single person podcasts out there. But I do believe that that the multi-host is because you get a reaction to what the yeah. speaker is saying immediately. And I think that is the biggest difference. Even if you're doing the same material, having somebody, even if it's an audience, mm-hmm. I just just imagine that if you were able to take one of these big stand up, right. um, like the Eddie Murphy, the, you, know, you take that act that was so popular and everybody loved and you were able to strip all of the crowd reaction out. I think you'd have a very visceral, a different vis- experience I'm listening sure to right. that. I'm sure you're absolutely sure. There's, there's no substitute for that live audience feedback. But how about this? Now, what about a guy like... Um, uh, Bill Burr. Now he's he's you know he's big. Is he's big as Eddie or Robin? No, but he's pretty damn big. Well, n- nobody and is it, ever going to be as big as them for for the simple reason that nowadays they're you know back when Eddie Murphy or Robin Williams they they were among a, a group of maybe a hundred comedians total that were active at the time. Sure. Nowadays there's there's a hundred thousand. Yes, who are all the, vying for an audience. No and question. The, the number of people hasn't grown. I believe it has, no. but not, not on that scale. Uh, the, the, the other characteristic of new media, which podcasts are definitely a part of is the days of, of getting a 25 share on your Nielsen ratings, the days God. of, of getting 30 million people listening to the same thing. Those are over. Oh, and sure. the reason they're over is because there is so much content out there that now 30,000 people is a big audience because there's just, so many things and oh, i think I it's fantastic for- because you know once you counter for sturgeon's law and let let the the cream rise to the top of through the lens of time sure. um we're gonna have some really great stuff from this time period which i think is going to be far better than the stuff from when when there was a, a corporate person filtering saying only this gets to go through oh, and yeah. and then that was all you had to choose from I worked for a network and uh, we used to regularly drop shows that were an exceed- exceeding a 30 share. If they got a 30 share today, their heads would explode. Yeah. Okay? The it fucking Super Bowl doesn't get then. a 30 share anymore. No, but, but the thing, the point with, with Burr though, is this guy has a, he's, he's a very, you know, he's a very popular comedian, HBO specials and so forth does really well. And he also does, I don't know if it's a daily, but a pretty damn frequent podcast. I, I've never listened to it. But I wonder how it does. How does it rank? How do, you know what I mean? Because here's a guy that is certainly has a built-in platform. He's got a following. He's got a, an audience. He's got suits that love him, as you say, Ryan. Um, I wonder how his show is to listen to. Is it funny? Is it good? It probably is. He's a funny guy. Um, and I wonder how it does competitively, you know, where, where it would rank. Is, is there even like a podcast? I mean, you read these things, the top podcasts. I mean, just, who the fuck is keep? Is there a Nielsen for podcasts? I don't even know. I mean. Uh, uh, no. and. Right, because the, of the, the the complete disjointed way podcasts are. Yeah. Well, that's that's not the only reason. Is first of all, um, you know, I, I putting putting aside the 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 stats nerds and and general competitive nature of humanity for a moment. I know it's going to come back because we got humans in the mix. But putting aside the the urge to compete and the urge to see stats, mm-hmm. uh, what question are you going to answer? By ranking the podcast, uh, there's unlike time slots at prime time on a television station, um, the the total podcasting bandwidth available 
is is not limited by the the number of channels. The only thing you're limited by is amount of hours in the day you have to listen. Mm-hmm. So podcasts aren't really in competition for each other most of the time. So what I guess the question what are you going to get by deciding this is a better you know th- this show is really good and this show is really good but this one is 5% greater than the other one what do you get by quantifying that 5% if you think they're both really good then listen to them both it well you know it has meaning for the stat heads and it probably has meaning for advertisers i mean somebody i mean rogan rogan has ding, advertisers ding, ding. advertisers yeah sure right and well, the interesting thing when it comes to the advertisers is the fact that metrics are so skewed that it's impossible to know how many people are listening to a podcast. So everything that you're getting at the at the onset is going to be questionable, which I know yeah. I, mean, I like to look at the stats for our shows in on our web servers, you know, see how many MP3s are being served. With that said, if we were in a situation where we had an advertiser that wanted us to deliver our download numbers, you know, Ryan's a programmer and I don't actually, you know what? I don't even need Ryan. Anybody that has a, oh, a brain. Oh, thanks. Now, figure I, out now a the way. truth comes out. <laughs> I don't You're need Ryan. You've just been broomed, that's, Ryan. See ya. <laughs> I guess that is, I think that should be, I guess that's the cold opener, right? There I is, don't need it, Ryan Bemrose. That's your- <laughs> the... I could write a script on my own that downloads the show a hundred thousand times a week, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're, if you go by downloads, that is a number that is, even if you give them the actual web stats, it's very easy to download the show a bunch of times. If that's what advertisers are looking at. So it's impossible to know. The other side of that is there are, as you probably know, Larry, if you have any podcast apps on your phone, there's a lot of people that set them to automatically download shows when they come out because bandwidth is cheap. Everybody has unlimited, no big deal. Right. It doesn't mean they actually listen to those shows. True. True. And this is. Yeah. I mean, somebody asked me, how many subscribers do you have? I don't, I don't, I have no fucking idea. I mean, I, I, how many yeah. subscribers I have because I've got X amount on podcast addict, uh, a different amount on Apple, a different on Stitcher. I mean, I don't know. Does anybody know how many fucking subscribers I have? I don't know. Well, and, and and that's, no. and that's the, real, all- <laughs> the real lie in the podcast right. industry is anybody who tells you exactly how many people are listening is making shit up. Yeah. And, and, and we don't, you know, Darren, uh, it definitely, you know, I get every five minutes, I get a new report of, oh, well, this show is doing better than this show, or this show had so many downloads this week. And I, I you know, I humor him because Darren is clearly a statistics nerd <laughs> who gets off on that sort of thing. There's next but, week's a cold opener. <laughs> right. <laughs> the but only I, statistic I want to see is the numbers keep going up. We yeah. don't take advertising. And you, know, you, you, Larry, you, you fucking nailed it. That advertisers really care about that sort of thing. And it's, it's because, and, and to be honest, it, if you are buying advertising, if you are the marketing director of a company who is producing ad ads, um, you you the only reason you want the numbers is to know how f- effective your ads are and the big lie in the advertising industry is that uh, views means effectiveness you know the the advertising industry they're making shit up they don't actually have any idea what's effective because because people are fickle uh but if you don't take advertising at all then i you know how many listeners does Trumpy old bens get i don't know i mean 
I get a little bit of a dopamine hit when I hear that somebody has discovered my podcast. And I certainly mm-hmm. love it when, when, you know, I, I was at a bar with a couple of old coworkers from, uh, you know, my old company. And one of them comes up to me and, and says, so I, I listened to your show on climate change and, uh, you know, you had some really good points, but those other two guys at, I'm like, I, I really enjoy <laughs> that sort of thing. It, it, it actually happened. It wasn't quite like that. And I was more the crackpot, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm the sure thing it happened is, exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is though, uh, how many people listen to grumpy old bins? I don't care. Um, I mean, I obviously want more people to listen because I feel like I have a message that everybody needs to hear whether they need, whether they want to or not, but it's not important because we don't take advertising. Now, uh, given that we are on the value for value model, uh, how mm. many people are donating to grumpy old bins? Fuck. Yeah. I watched that number. That's sure. important. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And we do have three today, but, uh, blitzed in the no agenda troll room available at no agenda stream.com says we need a podcast census, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and some sense. I, I want to see those numbers. And also earlier, uh, Omaha in the troll room said that. If everybody could tell a story like Larry, he would listen to them. And, uh, and oh, I think we you, mentioned Omaha. the last time you were on Larry, there, there was a, there was a guy on uh, no agenda social, mm-hmm. which is the no agenda version of Twitter. The Mastodon instance that yes. commented, Hey, you know what? I really love grumpy old Ben's, but when Larry comes on, it's magical. So oh, there's wow. obviously something to adding, <laughs> you know, adding a third and adding somebody that brings a little something different to the show that finding that right combination is it's hard to do. And people will tell you when you found it, that's the, oh that's really the only reason to watch stats. And the only stats that I care about are, are the numbers going up? Because if you yeah. have the numbers are going in the other direction, then, you know, you're, doing something wrong sure uh, you can always wish they're going up faster but mm-hmm. as long as they're going up and and not going in the wrong direction and to a certain extent the more people you let listen to your show the more likely you are to get those sweet donations so uh, it, sure. there, there are benefits to that but yeah i think that the you're, you're right that getting feedback on how well did we do is is a valuable it's valuable information I don't think that the the number of downloads we get is is a direct correlation to that, but no, there's there's no doubt about that. But as long as those downloads are going up, you feel better and you notice. I mean, if, if only three people download the show, then you go, wait a minute. If there's only been three downloads, I'm pretty sure the audience is less than three. If if there's <laughs> only the- been three downloads, then you <laughs> broke the website. You broke the website and uh, uh, to go along with that, that, that was the next, uh, the next topic on my list, which my, my advice that I have written in my notes is don't do what we did. And this comes to naming the show, oh. which random thoughts, spelling random yeah, differently. That, that you did twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And then grumpy old Ben's. There is nothing more frustrating than talking to your talking tube and saying, play grumpy old Ben's. And it's like, do you mean grumpy old hens? Or it's like, no. Uh. Listen, okay, boomer. You play grumpy old bands. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, I, that Larry show is so succinct. I love it. Yeah, but you know what? There's some guy. He's like an 80 year old dentist in Schenectady uh, who does sort of uh, what would you kind of like inspirational? Show? I don't know what what exactly he does. You could look him up, and he he has the Larry show, 
And, um, you know, I wonder how many <laughs> he people pissed? hear us and say, hey, you should listen to this guy, the, you know, and, and get the and that, you know, crossed and get this and go, are you, what? Because <laughs> it's just, that, it's so not what I'm doing. It's really, that, it's another. That's why you need to register fuckinglarry.com. Larry fucking Larry, I should. Yeah. 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 Well, that was JC Jr. in the No Agenda Troll Room when we said you were coming on and we put in the, uh, in the, uh metadata that goes through you know with larry blydner and he's like no that should say fucking larry so everybody (laughs) knows now that that is your new official name whether it's actually changed legally or not that that's the case but yeah show names if you can come up with something unique without the quirky spelling i would recommend that so don't do what we did because there's not with the fact there is there are shows called random thoughts that are Mm -hmm. podcasts so get you know again if you're typing it in and you know what you're looking for that's great but well, it's it's a even common getting topic. word of mouth. Random thoughts is a very common topic amongst podcasts, especially when people yeah. can't think of, they're like, I'm just going to talk into this thing, whether or not someone listens. I mean, it'll be a random thoughts episode. Yeah. And that's uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the quirky spelling is not something I'd walk. I mean, if there's somebody that really likes the show. I mean, we made Larry do extra work because when he pimps my show on his show, he has to spell random out because otherwise nobody's going to find the show. And when they uh, do, they're bound so, to love it, man. You know. So, <laughs> well, thank you. We it, hope it's so. How you know that that your your visitors are actually dedicated. If they can find your show, then they know you real. They really wanted to listen to you, and not somebody else's random thoughts. Yes. So now that we know how to name your show, if you should do audio, video, what your um, mm-hmm. you know the show name should be, and all that, then the question comes down, and this is something I think a lot of people really get a little too worried about and engrossed in before even starting a show, which is, Hey, what hardware should I use? How do I even do this? Yeah. Well, and I recommend a microphone. (laughs) Is that, is that how you get some form of computing alternative to that? Yes. Yeah. A megaphone and really good lungs. Yes. (laughs) Scream out the window like Howard Beale. Well, I mean, you know, back in the 14th century, podcasting was done by, by standing in the the courtyard of the town square and shouting at the crowd. Yes. And you try that in England today, they'll lock you up. This is true. Hate mm-hmm. speech. Or, yeah. I mean, let's remember, right? New York, if you call somebody an illegal alien now, you will be arrested. That's right. And there was just a, uh, and the hate speech, which is something maybe there's a whole uh, episode oh, there on is. its own that we need to cover. Is the concept of the, if you guys do that and leave me out, I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> really <laughs> we will we will bring you in on that there was i told ryan last night there was a article about a high school here well about a high school kid in local naperville mm-hmm. illinois 14 year old kid who it seemed like he used to be a friend this was a white kid looked like he was a friend or had been a friend maybe not a friend anymore with the black kid 14 years old and he decided it would be funny i guess to take a picture of the black kid post it on craigslist with the title of slave for sale he is now facing multiple felony charges because they're calling it a hate crime at 14 years old and i know this goes right into larry Larry, are are you old enough to remember back when when we had a sense of humor in this country i think so that's over because i think that we're we've got a generation who is never going to know what a joke is ever again no no, they're not it's really terrible and i don't uh you know you know i think you kind of 
what's the end where, you know where's the end in sight where's the when does the pendulum start to swing back i don't i don't know i i just can't see it it's pretty scary well, it's well, going to come something back. that is just yeah a bad joke you know or a poor taste joke mm-hmm. turns into a multiple felony hate crime for a 14 year old it's like yeah. i don't know i don't think that's the world i want to live in but this is as i've been ranting about for over a decade when i saw the bullying stuff start yes. it seems like i talk about that on a bunch of these grumpy old bends but once i heard about the bullying i knew what it was coming down to and this is getting close to the culmination of what happens when you start dealing with this kind of stuff in the way that we are which is rather than just you know shut up asshole sit down Mm -hmm. that you're arresting the kid and Mm -hmm. (laughs) getting charged with felonies it's not even like you're getting suspended from school or it's not like your parents are grounding you right felonies even juvenile felonies will follow this kid for the rest of his life for Mm -hmm. something that really wasn't going to cause harm to this other kid this you know anybody that saw this would be like okay the guy that posted it was obviously a dick but it was a joke you know Mm -hmm. maybe this was a friend even so it's like does that even matter if the kid that he posted was his buddy and didn't care that he posted it he would still be being charged with a hate crime but but isn't that the social justice playbook which is that the moment you identify a, a person who is wrong in such a way then virtue signaling demands that you completely ruin their lives but I guess I mean that that seems to be what's going on. They, you know, you start to you start by dehumanizing everybody by putting them into demographic categories, and then you completely ignore everything about them by instead of talking to them, you just uh, behave interact with the categories, the stereotypes you've created, mm-hmm. and then anybody who doesn't fit your mold, you immediately stomp down and effectively dehumanize them may you know take them if if they don't fit in your worldview you do everything you can to remove them from right. your worldview which could mean ruining their life it could mean uh you know destroying their career it could mean taking them out this this is the playbook of the social justice movement yes i'm sorry so I hate meant, crime did i just slip into a hate speech again? yeah well that's that's what you do here and that's that is just a preview of an upcoming episode obviously <laughs> on hate speech and hate crime that we'll bring Larry along for, because I Thank think there's you. a lot of fun. Yeah. Sadly, a lot of fun sadly. stuff to go over there. And what was and, the blowback? Uh, you guys hit to the, the latest Charles, uh, Charles Barkley kerfuffle. Him? No, is he in trouble again? Yeah, I know he likes yeah, to yeah. say things that annoys people, but yeah, I, I like Charles Barkley because he's always shot from the hip and, you know, um, and, 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 and he, he went, he went over to North Korea before, even before Trump did. No, no, Rodman. Oh, that was Rodman. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, one I, was sorry, a all... really strange defensive genius, and <laughs> one was Charles Barkley. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. All of those freak show X basketball players yeah. kind of blend together for me. Well, I never saw him play. That sounds ball, like a very racist statement, Ryan. That might be. I, I, I like Charles Barkley. Like, I never saw him play life ball. I'm, I'm not a Try basketball fan, but I, but I saw him at a press conference probably 10 or 15 years ago, and somebody, you know, kind of gave him some lip. And he stood at that podium and he said, you fuck you and fuck your sister and your mother and fuck everybody, you know, and I thought, well, this guy, I like, I want to have okay. a beer with that cowboy, you know, <laughs> really. And so I'm- he, he, um, he said, what was it? Somebody, some, some woman asked him some annoying question, I guess a journalist or whatever, a couple of days ago. 
And he said, and Barkley said, you know, I, I, I would never hit a woman, but if I did, I'd probably hit you. And so you, that's, <laughs> that's town amount to him, I guess, uh, cutting her head off. That, that's hate you know, speech. Right. That's hate speech. He's in deep, yeah, deep that's shit because of that. that. And that's violence. You know, and I, so I'm wondering, I'm, I'm just praying that Charles doesn't knuckle under and apologize uh, for that. But who knows? I was wondering if maybe you guys knew or maybe somebody well, in the is, troll room is, knows. Is he still playing? No, no, no. no then, he's probably he's long retired. Then yeah. He doesn't. I mean, none of them have anything over him then. So why yeah. should he? Well, it's amazing. Well, he how invests guys in still, a lot of companies. And yeah. Yeah. And he does a lot of appearances and so forth. And I'm sure he has a manager and a handler. And somebody's probably saying you better kiss ass and make nice because of that. I'm just praying he doesn't. Yeah. Because or, I think or, that's he the could, only, or, or he could just stick to it and yeah and sit back and i mean even if they cancel all of his gigs then then mm-hmm. he'll have nothing to do but sit back and masturbate into piles of money yeah yeah i'll take that <laughs> where do i sign for that where do i apply for that job i want that yeah. um yeah you know but i think maybe that's the only thing that will turn the tide is if enough people of the barkley stature and beyond just say i'm not i'm, I'm not apologizing it was a joke and here's five bucks go buy yourself a sense of humor you know uh but yeah. as long I, as I people He's not one to knuckle under because he didn't knuckle under when he made the Jesse Smollett joke after that, that when I he was that. like, oh, you paid him and you paid him with a check, you idiot. If you're going to do the What's crime, like? yeah, don't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he yeah. is. You're, you're right. He's a very straight shooting kind of guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, as long as you're being truthful, yeah. you don't have to remember what you said. So right. you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, we're going to make mistakes, yeah. but if you're honest. And, you know, it's the same, Ryan, you've said that about grumpy old Ben's every now and then we're going to be wrong, but we're going to give you the, what we think to the best of our ability. We're not claiming that we're never going to be wrong. Or, right. uh, in, in the foreword to, uh, one of the, the second or third version of, uh, the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy where, uh, Douglas Adams said, uh, he said, uh, so some people have helpfully pointed out that, uh, that I'm incorrect or inconsistent in uh, some of my descriptions so uh let me just say uh we're printing this edition to set the record straight or if not straight then uh officially crooked there you are <laughs> we like officially crooked it's a but good disclaimer we can cover all that stuff on uh on a show because i think that does uh there is a full show in that hate speech and the oh, yeah. you know, just saying the wrong thing and becoming immediately the the social pariah and turned mm-hmm. off and, and and that people, everybody should be worried about that. But when it comes to the hardware, let's just go from the very basic, simple thing. You need a microphone. Do yes. not do this with a microphone in your phone. Mm-hmm. Do not do this with the microphone in your laptop. Even the brand new uh, MacBook 16 inch, which I saw a guy do a, uh, a demo the other day. And the, the microphone on the 16 inch MacBook Pro that just came out, you could almost do a podcast with. Mm-hmm. If you're doing processing, you probably could. But any other laptop, any other phone, you need a microphone. And this, you don't have to spend a ton of money. Th- this isn't a commentary you know? on the quality of the microphone in the bezel of your laptop, so much as the fact that you are not going to be recording the podcast with your face two inches away from the microphone, <laughs> which is kind of what you need to do in order to get quality audio. Cause if, if your face is a foot and a half away from the microphone, you end up with a boomy echo sound that sounds really terrible. Right. You want to be up on the microphone and we've, we've gone through, you know, talking about a few of these things in, in the past, but Ryan is on the, what I consider to be one of the ultimate 
cheap USB microphone that's made by a company, LYX Pro. It was like 20, 30, 40 bucks, somewhere in that yeah. range. Amazon has it. It's just USB plugs right in. Mm-hmm. And when you put it on a microphone stand and you actually talk right into it, sure, you need a little foam windscreen or you need a little, uh, you know, pantyhose, something in front of it on a, on a pop filter. But that's think, all you need. And I think I spent at, at at Darren's suggestion because he's been doing this a long time. And uh, he he suggested all of it. Uh, I spent about fifty dollars total for my podcasting gear setup. And what that is is the the USB microphone that you recommended, the Lix Pro, and a a boom mount for it so that it's not just sitting on the desk because. You know, early, early on when we were recording, it was on a little tripod on the desk. And every time Mm -hmm. I touched the desk, it was, it was pounding on the mic. And then the final thing is I spent, you know, $2 and 50 cents for a six pack of foam pop filters that, that fit over the microphone. That is how much gear I got. And I, I, I would say it sounds good, but I mean, none of that gear can do anything about my voice, (laughs) but at least the audio isn't terrible. No, we've heard from a lot of people who have commented on the audio quality of the show, and that's including your voice. You're 50% of the show, and people think it's one of the best sounding shows out there. I mean, I hate to admit that the boom arm and riser on my desk probably was uh, about 150 for those two things. So I could have three of your setups, and that's not even including the microphone, the cloud lifter, the process, the uh, channel strip processing the sound the usb interface and then finally getting into the computer so i mean before you the the thing i have right here before you get into the computer itself is probably closing in on a thousand bucks so this is the difference between 50 and a thousand and the computer i'm recording this on is is a seven-year-old windows 8 machine it's not like you have to have fantastic hardware for that you just need a you know, if you're going to be streaming live, it helps to have a good internet pipe and you need to have your audio hardware, not completely suck, but most, mm-hmm. you know, most onboard audio is actually good enough if, or, uh, uh, onboard USB, as long as you're not, you know, you don't make sure that you don't have your microphone plugged into the same USB port as a, as your modem or something. <laughs> and w- when it comes to the microphones, dynamic microphones are best yes a lot of people end up making the problem with Mm. getting a condenser microphone which are great for instrumentation and stuff like that basically think of it this way condenser microphones overall are made to pick up everything in the room where a dynamic microphone is much more focused on what is right in front of it and it's built to reject those reverb and the sounds coming Mm. from the other directions so you get more of a you know, in your face sound in a good way. And rather than hearing yes. the room, I remember when I first started doing the podcasting, I had set the rig down in the basement where I had a couple of condenser microphones and I turned the microphone on and I was going through the audio chain because I heard a humming sound and it's like, what the hell is causing you? Know, I, you do the usual thing. You know, you take the headphones off like, no, no, I don't hear anything in the room. So it must be in the chain. And then all of a sudden the humming stopped. And I realized it was picking up the hum of the refrigerator behind the bar, like 12 feet away (laughs) without the headphones. I couldn't hear it, but the microphone was picking it up and picking it up clearly. And, you know, that's dynamic microphones are the way to go. You don't have to spend a ton of money. You can spend a ton of money. There's no doubt about it. 
And as your show gets, uh, you know, if you grow an audience and you can continue to make the audio better, but as you will see with Ryan, the nice thing is, and although most people don't seem to notice a difference in the live stream where you're doing zero processing and maybe you do, if you've ever heard a, one that was recorded, uh, like well, when you're doing the, I, yeah, you know, I think you mean my, my computer is doing processing. Cause I sure as hell don't. Well, no, but I mean, once right now you're live on the stream, your microphone's going into your USB port. It's coming over the internet. We're bringing it onto the stream. When I do the processing for grumpy old Ben's before people hear this, if they're not listening live, your voice will have the additional joy of going through a noise gate, going through a compressor Mm. and, you know, it sweetens everything up a little bit, you know, and that. It gives it more of that professional sound, although people don't seem to complain. I've never heard anybody, which is also a good thing for this little $40, $50 setup you have going. I don't, nobody's ever said, well, Ryan sounds a lot better in the recorded shows. So it's not like the processing's doing a ton, but it definitely evens things out a little bit. And, uh, you know, that's one of the biggest things people have problems with when they do multiple person shows. And we can talk about that a little bit when we, we talk about the processing, but you know, with the on, microphones, on the, spend a few bucks on the topic yeah. of the dynamic mic. I, I wanted to point out, I, I, nobody has made this comment and I'm not even sure if anybody has bought, even heard it. Um, but it, as the temperature gets colder now that it's into November, uh, I, you know, we use the wood stove for heating and in order mm. to move the air around, uh, I have a box fan sitting on the floor. One of the big, like 30 inch diameter fans, mm. uh, about 12 feet away that is moving air around the room. And the thing is not quiet. I mean, it's, it's quiet for a fan that size, but um, I've had that running while we're recording and I don't know that anybody has really picked up on it. And that's because the microphone is, is only trying to pick up what's a couple inches away. Well, I have to make an an explanation and and ask for an apology here since we're on this subject. Um, In my previous appearances on this wonderful show, uh, I stammered like Mel Tillis on many occasions. And the reason was something was fucked up in the, the settings of this crappy USB condenser microphone where I was getting this incredible latency. And if you ever do that, if you have, <laughs> if you have fucking headphones on and you try to talk, you're going to stammer. It just, it's like an instant trigger thing, or at least I did. And also, um, when I, yeah, that's, because of that's this, why I mute all the audio coming back so that I don't have to hear. Good my, idea. Any, I, I don't have to hear my voice. I don't have to hear Darren's voice. Yeah. And then as I speak That's with you now, I sit here like a, like a statue, because if I, if I move at all, like, like right now, listen to that. There's your, there's your condenser pick up every, every little, <laughs> you know, they're terrible. So, 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 yeah. So word of the wise, stay the fuck away from condenser mics for podcasts. So I, I was wondering, yes. cause, cause Darren described his setup and then he described mine. Uh, what, what do you use and is it what you recommend? I guess not that microphone. You're asking me or, or well, yeah, Darren? Oh, you're, yeah, Larry, your, oh, your I podcast have, well, is fantastic. Rig, I, have, I have Darren to, th- that's the reason I'm here right now is I'm kind of a, you know, a, a tech idiot. And, uh, when I was starting this, I started doing this with a, with an old, uh, sure PG 58 vocal mic from my band days, which is ancient and banged up and so forth. And I, what did I, how did I do that? I think I did, um, running into what I don't even remember. Um, and I thought this is terrible it's, something's got to get better here. And I thought I better invest in a few bucks in some equipment. And I was searching around on Amazon for a preamp. 
And I saw this one and thought that that looks kind of interesting. But then I, the more I looked at that, I don't really, I'm not sure. And there was this review on Amazon from this guy that this, this fucking guy, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And then there was a kind of a space. Little where like, did you know. You know Little did I know. It's like, <laughs> ask this, ask this guy a question. I'm thinking, well, got nothing to lose. It's free. Thank you, Jeff Bezos, you know? And I, and I sent a message to Darren and that's how this whole thing got going. So anyway, so I, so if I tell you what I'm using, it's, it's, it's primarily on Darren's know-how and recommendation. So that is, I, I, I bought a, uh, I didn't like the, uh, the, the Shure SM7B, right? Just didn't seem to be hot enough and you need a lot of shit to boost the signal. It doesn't really pump out enough juice to, for, for right. me, I guess. And so Darren suggested this uh, uh, Electrovox, and I like that name. It's so retro. I mean, I can think of, you know, fucking Lowell Thomas or something barking into an Electrovox microphone. That's a great name. And it's, it's the, uh, it's, it was only a little over 300 bucks, and it's very hot, but it's a good condenser, and it's got a nice warm tone. Boom. So that's what I got. And then I have this DBX, uh, what is it, a 286, Aaron? Is that what, it, Darren, this, um, Correct. Pr- press, this uh, preamp I have, which has some cool bells and whistles, you know, the de-esser and the, uh, there's, there's a lot, you know, if you set it up right, it processes a signal very nicely. And then uh, I, I, what I do is I, I put it all first down on a, a Zoom uh, H4N uh, uh, Pro digital recorder which has a, 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 you know, a chip on it. And after I lay it down, I just pull it out, plug it into my laptop. And that's where I edit in audacity, which I'm about to get out of because I spend way, way too much fucking time combing out all of the pops and clicks that my overly juiced mouth produces in doing this. <laughs> and Darren has told me that I guess if I go with audition, there's a, you know, a magic plugin you can press that just rips all that shit out. will save me hours and hours of work, which, I would love to do. Then that's it. Well, that's how we make Ryan sound better. We throw them through and it's basically taking the um, Adobe includes a podcast filter set. And I've just kind of tweaked those and it works really, really well. And the, uh, and I have to admit, I I never thought it was possible to make me sound better. I know it's not just your (laughs) voice, not your ideas. The EV320, it's a, it's a dynamic mic that uh, Adam Curry uses. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that has the the true test because he's not only a guy that's a professional and into the audio quality as a premium and paramount thing. He also carries that thing with him wherever he goes. I mean, that mm-hmm. microphone goes around the world, gets beat up. So those of us who just have a microphone that sits in the office and never leaves, you know, we're not putting it through the kind of torture test that he is. And I, as far as I remember, he's only broken one. And, uh, and got that replaced and went right back in it. But yeah, the EV 320 is, uh, or the, R, it's the RE 320 from yeah. Electro voice. Yeah. And the RE 20 is the granddaddy of all radio microphones. It's the gray version that looks the same as the right. 320 is the black version. Yeah. But the RE 20 is what has been in radio stations for years, along with the sure SM seven B, but the, the Electro voice RE 20, it's one I keep thinking I should pick up just to see how they do. And you can get them on eBay every now and then if you find somebody selling one used in good condition, because those are still like 500 bucks yes. just for the microphone. And I don't think there's you know any difference except for the fact that they were made to be bulletproof. I mean, you know right. what kind of <laughs> what kind of crap being in a radio station sure. with the people coming in and bouncing them around. And the reason for a lot of that, too, in the radio stations were. You'd have people coming in they were doing interviews with and they would be moving around rather than being right in front of the microphone and that's what they call the proximity effect in the re 
like the RE320 does a really nice job where you don't have to stay necessarily right in the middle of the microphone. Mm -hmm. And as you move around, you don't notice like, uh, you know, when you're with these other mics, when you're going to the side and moving a little bit, your voice automatically drops off. Very directional. If you're doing a, uh, I've been using a Mackie uh, USB interface, which I really like the Onyx and it's overall pretty cheap easy to get your XLR microphone. So if you go with the USB microphone, that's all you need. You plug it right in, do all your processing in your laptop, in your audio uh, software. If you're going to go and you want to do live things, the live streams, and you want the best possible quality, having an XLR microphone going into a channel strip yeah. and having the processing done via hardware makes a big difference because you sound good without all of the editing. But it all depends what your podcast is for. If you're never going to do live, you don't have to worry about that unless you just never want to do editing and then you're one step closer. But I really do like that DBX. Well, I, I can tell uh, you from, from listening yeah. to lots of podcasts, nobody ever wants to do editing. No, that's true. It's the it's toughest work. part. Yeah. It's too much work. Really you know, and so to have it, to have it be automated and we'll talk about that in one second too. They haven't to be automated is great. I've been using a, a channel strip made by a company called symmetric. Uh, yeah, Symmetrics, which is the 528E. I picked this up on eBay because one guy that I was talking to on the tweeters, who was uh, the guy that runs, um, blanking on his name, but he's the guy that uh, runs WCKG here in Chicago. And he said, this is what they use with the SM7B in the studio. And uh, he's like, you could find them on eBay because everybody, the studios are all going digital. Mm. So I know this one that I bought for like, you know, 200 bucks shipped on eBay came out of a studio somewhere. Then it was refurbed and they sold them. And these things, when they were new, which is kind of crazy, were well over a thousand bucks. I don't think they necessarily do a much better job than the DBX, but you have a little more control over. It gives you a low end, mid range and high end, and you Mm. can tweak all of those along with the um noise gate and the downward expander and stuff which are things which help with the mouth noises and that as the when the noise gets low enough these downward expanders it goes okay this isn't speech i can kind of you may not remove it entirely but it lowers it enough to where people aren't annoyed by it and even with the breaths i mean that was the first thing when i started doing the podcast you were being worried about the editing you know the (gasps) That was something that I would go through and edit all of them out. And then you listen to pros and it's like people breathe. And it it almost seems weird when you take them all out. I mean, I'm not saying if you're a, if you're a really heavy mouth breather that you don't want to go through and maybe selectively edit some out, but you don't have to go crazy with it. No. And I just a quick uh, sidebar here, Darren, and as a, as an Amazon uh, guy, um, Maybe there's another show in here somewhere, but after we traded thoughts last night and you were very generous with your technical expertise and I saw your review there on Amazon of that, was it a Mackie, right? I, am right. I the only guy that does this? When I, when I start shopping for something on Amazon, I'm almost to a point now where I'm not a, even going to read the fucking reviews because you'll see the thing gets four and a half, maybe even five stars. But then at that bottom bar graph is, you know, 11% of them are one star. 
And you look at that and right. all the raves that have been up top. Then you got, you know, 19 guys at the bottom say, this is the worst piece of shit. Don't ever buy this fucking product. I'm suing them. <laughs> and then what I wish, I, I swear to God, and right on yours, it was guys says, fuck this. It's junk. Get the Behringer Zimzow 28E, you know, and I go over to the, look at the Behringer, which is about the same price. And it's got even more channels and more bells and whistles. Oh, maybe this is the play, right? Same fucking thing. Love it. Love it. Love it. That bottom bar. This is shit. Get the Mac. <laughs> It's like, like, why why even bother? I mean, why even bother? There's always going to be somebody who's dissatisfied with (laughs) with a product. You get that. But I tell you what, the only reviews that I ever read on Amazon, I read read the one-star reviews and I read the three-star reviews. And the the one is, uh, I'm not going to take any of these as an honest review. Somebody got pissed off. If you're you're giving a one-star review, you got pissed off with the product. And I don't. I don't need the vitriol. I don't need the hate. And I don't feel like these are fully honest reviews. I think they're, you know, people online for the most part, tantrums are the way people communicate online. Go look at Twitter. But what they will do is if you go through the reviews, you're going to find any serious problems with the product, which are not going to be in any of the marketing materials. And and you need to know these things. Like if the thing is likely to completely crap out after only 10 hours of using it you're going to find one star reviews that say that and you're going to find more than yeah. one so i do read those and then i read the three star reviews because anybody who's pushing the product artificially is going to give a five and right. anybody who is really pissed off is going to give a one but the three star right. reviews are of the people who are like you know i actually thought about this yeah so i read that's those. very smart Never- Never yeah. ever read the five star reviews though, because they are all bots. They're all, you know, there's going to be hundreds of reviews in a row that yeah. are like, yeah, great product. I liked it. Yeah, this was good. Well, now you'd know yeah. that's a lie. But I mean, Amazon did a great disservice by screwing all the professional reviewers because, again, we're, we're living in Not the time literally. where everybody gets you might a trophy. Have that. <laughs> and then everybody was pissed off because people were getting the products for free. And I can tell you, I appreciated the people that would do honest reviews. And when it was something like audio gear back in one of the things that I always accepted were like the Bluetooth headphones and the regular headphones as well. And because of that, I tested out literally hundreds of pairs of headphones. So it was much easier to compare what was good and what wasn't about each one, where if somebody's just taking one pair of headphones, maybe that sounds good to them. They never know that there is one that's way, way, way better because, well, this sounds good. I, you know, it seems fine to me. So being able to compare, I think is a big deal. And the problem with the audio gear, Larry, like the, um, I bought that focus, right. There was Mm -hmm. uh, a focus, right. Very similar to the Mackie, which is what I was using before the Mackie was one of the focus, right. The Scarlet ones. That was on my considered list too. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing that started causing the recordings to be all filled Uh with digital noise and pops. And I'm like, okay, I'm not, you know, you'd go through and you would reinstall the drivers like they yeah. would recommend and that would come back. And it seemed like they were never updating the drivers. And mm-hmm. then you start reading as I went down that rabbit hole and it was like, it seemed that the consensus by people that kind of seemed like they knew what they were talking about was Focusrite works great if you have a Mac or looks, works oh. great if you're on Linux. Windows drivers, not so much. Uh. So I tried to give this, you know, I gave this Mackie thing a try, the one I've been using for about a year now and have never once had a trashed audio file because of it so uh 
And it, well, the, the thing is, it was 80 bucks when I bought it a year ago. Now, when I recommended it to you, it was like 120. So I mm-hmm. guess check around if, uh, yeah. you know, B&H or any of these other places sell them because that's a pretty big jump. But, you know, well, you do need a way to get your audio into your computer. And there are two different ways. Like you said, you can go into a Zoom recorder, which are great to have around, especially if you ever want to record outside of the office. They're sure. great. You could take them anywhere you want, but you need to eventually get that audio into your PC. Yeah. And I have found especially doing and grumpy old Ben's there's never anything added after the case, you know, after the recording is done where random thoughts, isn't that way. Random thoughts is one that I'll listen back to it and go, Oh shit, I should have said this Mm -hmm. or I should have added this bit in. And you can easily do that. And it's way easier to just do that on the fly in Adobe audition or audacity the same way, rather than doing it all on the zoom recorder and then having to, take that and then if, so if you're listening back to that and you're doing the editing and you want to add something then you have to go put that card back in your zoom right and re-record something and then bring it back and that just adds to the uh that adds a hassle i think so, i think grumpy old ben's could have a really good business model if we could just get these companies to pay you for the native ads you keep putting in <laughs> when you're talking about podcasting i think you have to you talk specifics otherwise people are going to go that's right well what do you use sure, what do you, you want to use and I mean, there's really not all native ads. I mean, I'm sure Mackie is happy that I said I love this Mackie Onyx because I've been using it for a year and it's been great. I'm sure Focusrite is not so happy. I'm like, Scarlet shit. If you're on Windows, don't buy the Focusrite Scarlet stuff. So that's why you just trying again. This is we're trying to be honest while you're trying to censor what our opinions are. No, I'm trying to get paid here. Somebody, tried to, you know, somebody should compile. A, the, actually, what I was thinking too, Ryan, is you know that's a good point you have about the three star reviews. Reading those, but the one stars is really where the comic gold is. And, oh yeah. Um, and I was thinking, what a cool idea would be to just comb through those things and pick out some of these reasons. Like you'll see people say stuff like, you know, it doesn't match my drapes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, i've said no. this before i think i mentioned this on one of and, the and maybe the, it's, a random thoughts episode it's a review for i do believe there's agency. a podcast huh? yeah, i do believe there's a whole podcast in reading bad reviews yeah oh god there is there's probably oh, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah yeah it'll be uh, like the who are these podcasts but for amazon and all these other cool yelp idea. reviews i saw a yelp review the other day where the girlfriend of the guy was mad that the waiter came out and asked them to sign the credit card slip, which the, her boyfriend hadn't. And so the guy signs the credit card slip and the waiter mm-hmm. looks at him like uh, a tip, or are you going to add Ooh. a tip? And the guy's like, no, I can't, I, I can't afford that. And she's like, can you believe the guy like looked at us funny before he ran back into the restaurant? Like, like he expected a tip and I'm like, holy shit. Yes. Because waiters expect tips. You idiot. Wow. But that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of negative review you can find online that, yeah, I can't believe the waiter actually expected a tip at the sit-down restaurant. Wow, hey, people they must are been, nuts. They must have been from Europe, damn Europeans. Maybe, yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that that the whole restaurant experience would probably be greatly improved if we didn't have a culture where all of the serving staff gets or expects a tip, and instead they get you know paid a normal amount through the the check. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we'd be better off if if tipping were not a cultural norm. But the fact that it is means that, yeah, if you d- if you are in a culture where tipping is the cultural norm and you don't, then you may or may not be justified, but you are an asshole. Yes. 
And, and what's the what's the proper pronunciation of duodenum? I can. That's one of the names in the troll room. I never I've want to say used, on this show. <laughs> I've always used duodenum. I don't that know it? if that's correct. That, or that. I guess that makes sense. Is that a medical like term? A grumpy what does that mean? Duodenum. That sounds. Like we should do an episode on tipping. I, I've thought yeah. about doing a random thoughts on tipping, but maybe that would be a. That would be a one of these things we can plug into a grumpy old Ben's when we just are talking about a few topics in a show because yeah you know there is there is some interesting stuff to deal with yeah the tipping and that's you know it's one that uh, tips have uh, become. Sir Matthew said this, it's a body part. Whoa, what what body part? What DC body girl part? Is I don't know. Yeah, it's Lower like a patella, right? I, a duodenum. I, it's I think it's somewhere intest- in your guts. We have, we have somebody who identifies as a lower intestine. Okay. <laughs> this All is right. the no agenda troll room. No agenda. That's, that's a minority group. Lauren intestine. Yeah, no doubt goal. about it. <laughs> okay, so we we dealt oh. with the hardware. There's, you okay. can go nuts with hardware yes. on podcasting. Yes. And and rightfully so. And if you like that kind of stuff, it is a really cool hobby to get into. And then if you want to go into things like ham radio, you can use the same microphone and all that. So it's it's a it's a fun thing to have. And if you have a good voice like Larry does, you could read audio books and all this other kind of stuff and make money with your gear. And if you if you want to make money doing of the any of the kind of reading and performing audio, then you definitely want to put more money into it than Ryan's fifty dollar microphone, because the mm-hmm. people that are going to pay for that will notice the difference and uh, they will call you on it. But as far as software goes. We've been using Zencaster to do these multi-person shows. And besides a few minor hiccups here and there, it has been a very solid way to oh, yeah. go. And I know that uh, Adam Curry talks about all the time how he can't find anything better than Skype. And I would say that this may be it, although oh. it adds to the workload because, you know, it does... Um, either force you to do a little bit of editing when you download the two individual files. And uh, I mean, they do offer that as something they can do also within their system. And you pay a little bit more for them to do all of the editing for you and give you a final MP3. But the one thing you'll never hear, at least you shouldn't in these episodes that we do on Zencaster is any audio dropouts yes. because anything that would normally be there and anybody that listens to podcasts that are yeah. over Skype, you hear that, and it's annoying. When, when the podcasts it, are done yeah. over over the internet and only one person is recording, you are necessarily causing your live stream to cross the internet. And when the internet craps itself, which internets do, uh, you are going to record that glitch. Mm-hmm. And and the the real advantage to this system is that each person is recording their own audio on their end and then uploading it later which is yeah. totally i mean we might hear it on the live stream where sh- stuff drops out yeah, and right uh, you know the if we're streaming live the people streaming live will hear it but it's never in the final recording to my uh, utter amazement occasionally I, I get invited to appear on other podcasts and more times than not what? It's, who is stupid it's, enough to do that i oh, know i yeah. I've, I've got to figure <laughs> this out um it's it's done on discord and i fucking groan uh, when that happens, because I know it's all, you know, it's all this soup to nuts thing. It's, you know, you can, you can, you know, yank, uh, 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 you know, JPEGs in there and all kinds of files and it's, but it's a fucking mess. And, if, and, and it goes, that audio goes sideways so frequently, all of a sudden, it's, well, it, you know. Discord is optimized for latency and responsiveness, not for audio quality. Yeah. Because it was originally created as, as a gaming chat. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, so people use it for a lot more now, but it, it was originally created like, okay. like if you're, you know, in your, your team shooter and you need mm-hmm. your team to be able to talk, then yeah. low latency is important and, and throughput is important, but audio quality is like, if you can figure out what they're saying, you don't care about anything else. Well, this is the best I've ever heard. So thank you guys for using this. It's really nice. Well, and it's simple, which yeah. is the thing oh, for people yeah. that are just getting started as well. It's nice and simple. I mean, you have the buttons up top. So if you have a couple of audio files, you can put them in there and have your intro music and exit music. And, uh, you know, it makes it easy for a one-stop shop. And we do have a promo. You're listening to the Grumpy Old Benz. The Grumpy Old Benz runs all the time. Two old guys yelling at the cloud. Darren O'Neill. And Sir Ryan Bemrose. Neither one of you are that old. GrumpyOldBenz.com. I love that See, promo. You can get this. It's so I cool. had the cool little promos in. I'm just cool. watching the waveform in Zencaster and thinking, you, know, <laughs> yeah, you really need, you need to level <laughs> that the out a little bit. There, huh? <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Yeah. Hey, here's where we yeah, need that's that a big one. camera, huh? Mm. You know, but that is the beauty of it. It's nice and easy if you have little clips and stuff to bring in. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a one-stop shop, and I think they're going to continue getting better. There are some things that I would like, because this isn't set up to be a, and I recommended this because they sent out a thing like, hey, we're starting our own podcast, which I thought was interesting, but I understand they're a company making software for podcasting. You know, it would only, otherwise you're like, well, why don't you have one? I mean, this yeah. is what you're pushing for people to do. And well, they were I, looking for shows to feature. So I sent them the little form back. And I, I think uh, as I, I we established with that 800,000 number, everybody has a podcast these days. Right. And I'm like, but I, you know, here, I think your Zencaster is great, but I, they're like, well, what kind of problems have you run into with it? And I'm like, well, one of the problems I ran in with Zencaster well, I've got is this co-host. <laughs> right that's totally <laughs> illogical what can i do and then they're never going to get back to me I, I understand that but i responded that hey we do live stream these as well so we're doing this as a recorded podcast but we're live streaming at the same time and the only problem that i run into is the fact that when i have more than ryan on the line like ryan and larry if sometimes the two microphones are a little bit different as mm. far as the volume coming out of them that there's no easy way within the Zencaster uh, dashboard for me to bring Ryan's level up a little or bring Larry's level down. So you're really kind of relying on uh, everything just kind of working or just dealing with things when it goes to the live stream. But I understand they didn't make this for live streaming. Everybody, but but we're letting them know. Well, It's not just live streaming though. I mean, ultimately the, the, the situation is everything that comes out of Zencaster is everyone but you is pre-mixed. And if you have four people and one of them has a very, very quiet mic and the other three have very right. loud mics, then even just trying to do a show is going to be difficult because you're going to have trouble hearing the one. It's, it's a legitimate problem that maybe they should address. Yes. I mean, one that they never thought of because... They're not going live, but I'm like, hey, the other thing they could do is just have a button. I mean, to connect to the no agenda stream, to connect to whatever Icecast stream or whatever you want, uh, whatever flavor you're using, you can use Shoutcast, Icecast. Uh, it's just a username and password in a URL, so they could also bake that right in. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that says you can't just press the button to start recording your podcast and also connect at the same time to another service. So it'll well, that, be interesting to see. This is kind of in its infancy. I mean, still, I, I mean, think. that's that's a cool feature, but it is currently in the the default state for all cool features, which is not yet implemented. It's in beta. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it'll be in beta soon. <laughs> um, 
to edit, I know, Larry, you've been using the free version, yes. uh, uh, not the free version, the open source Audacity, which is the equivalent of Adobe's Audition. And it, it's something where I don't think, I mean, you can do the basic audio editing mm-hmm. in Audacity, as you know, quite easily. But I don't think it has the feature stacks like with Audition where you can go in. And this is where the magic comes in when you're doing the editing, especially using the Zencaster. Or if you're recording this on your own, one of the other things to remember is for easy editing, if you can put every person that's on your podcast in a separate track, oh yeah, you will have a much easier time editing, which is uh, something a lot of people miss, which means if I'm going, if Ryan is going through a nice long rant and making some really good points and I start having Never a coughing fit, that's true. Um, then it's going to be in the final audio, no matter what, if you're all on the same track, you can't take that out. If everybody's on their own track, it's easy to go in and take that coughing fit out while leaving Ryan's beautiful rant untouched. And that's where the magic comes in with the multi-track editing in something like audition is you can set up a different set of effects for every person that's on the show. So you can I mean, I, my voice is already compressed because i'm using a compressor to record this so i don't need to add the same kind of comp- i don't add any compression in the post where i do for ryan's voice and the you know the same thing goes for noise gates and all this other stuff you can have complete and utter control and then it will also go through and do voice volume matching which is good even for a solo podcast because it will take, you know, if you ever do get a little bit quieter here and there, mm-hmm. just while you're doing a solo show, it will even those out. But it it becomes something that you really need to have when you have multiple people on a show, because then it does a really nice job of making it sound like radio rather than something recorded in a garage with everybody five feet away from the microphone. And okay, people can say what they mm-hmm. want, but I, I don't know. Do either of you listen to podcasts? If the even if you think the content is great, mm-hmm. if the audio quality sucks, will you really give it a long term chance? Um, I yes. do that on the stream. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean you take stuff off the stream if it doesn't match that? But, well, uh, well you know, that, it, sometimes, but I mean, we. we and I'm have, not talking about. I'm not talking about Rhino the Bearded because the main content on his show is the music. So I mean, yeah. even though his voice is a little boomy in that, I mean, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an actual conversational podcast where it sounds like it was recorded, you know, in an airplane hangar. Mm, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's certainly, it's certainly a factor and if it makes it harder to listen to. And for the most part, I don't want to, I don't want to put up anything that's really hard to listen to, but if the content is compelling enough, uh, you know, we used to have a show called agenda 31, which was, uh, it was kind of like congressional dish in so much as either you really liked it or you really hated it. Uh, the audio quality on that one was not, that great but the the content was kind of grammarica like and and they had kind of a a long-term soap opera arc going on so we kept it going um and i'd probably listen to that again but yeah i i mean you take the cans off and just kind of run it on the desktop speakers where where the the noise floor smooths out some of the more horrible artifacts (laughs) and the uh, jc jr in the no agenda troll room the uh says you can try our door a r d o u r is that just basically like a multi-track version of audacity jc jr if it is if it's another open source software and it does multi-track definitely something for people podcasting to check out before yeah before 
before getting that money out for Adobe. And exactly. as I told Larry yesterday, yeah. if you're if you have a kid in college or if you know somebody that's a teacher, the Adobe you can buy a year at a time with through Amazon for like a hundred well after tax two hundred bucks, right? Which breaks down to a much better per month than spending the six hundred dollars fifty bucks a month oh, yeah. um, for their for their normal. You can get it for even cheaper if you listen to the previous episode of Grumpy Old Ben's. Yes, yeah, so I noticed. <laughs> yes, that is. Our door is a multi-track full digital audio workstation. So I'll have to, I don't never heard of that, so I'll have to J- check that one out as well. Well, that's what I was going to say. I want to rewind a little bit on that point. Thank you, JC, for that uh for that advice. And I'll tell you what, I <clears throat> I just I just rail, I get, you know, my hackles up. At uh, at some of these software guys with their not just their rapacious prices, but as you said, what was it like getting their fangs into your checking account, you know, with this sub- subscription model. My feeling is, hey man, I, I want to buy something. I want to fucking own it. I don't want to rent it from you. Okay, and so okay, boomer. Uh, yeah, oh. and when I exactly, <laughs> and when I got my, uh, you know, when I got my 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 latest uh, laptop, you know, that came with all of the Microsoft shit shoveled in there, and I said, fuck this. Uh, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to rent this software from you people. You know, and I surfed around. I found Libre. Guess what? I find Libre way better than Microsoft Word. Way better. Okay. Capitals yeah, and bold yeah, on both. Okay. And I was very I happy, very happy to get on PayPal and send those guys some money as a thank you for their open source uh, 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 processing, you know, of their app. Um, so I figure, you know, Audacity, there's somebody's always answering this shit. Like even even Adobe, I like Adobe a lot, but I got a little uh, a little tiny uh, netbook from Lenovo not too long ago. And I thought, you know, uh, not Audacity, but Adobe. I thought I'm not going to lay out the cake for this again. I surfed around. I found GIMP. GIMP's pretty fucking good. It really is. You know, again, um, just, you know, pay us if you like. And so I did. And so I'm thinking if, if there's, if, there, if audition, somebody probably, and maybe Ardour is the answer. Other people have recommended, um, what did I see? A Reaper. They say that's very good. Although I don't think that's, uh, uh, you know, free or whatever, pay what you want, uh, value for value. But uh, again, I just, I always like to look for the alternative to the corporate uh, monolith, uh, you know, keeping me under their boot heel. Uh, do you know, and then that comes down to how like much editing. Open source advocate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. It's the way to go if you can if you can find the software that does what you want. I do there's, there's enough a lot of in the Adobe ecosystem. A lot of open there source is. stuff out there, like like Libre, uh, which is actually really really good. And it's really the, the good. main yes. reason why people don't use it, I think the main reason people don't use it is they don't know about it. So, yeah, it's excellent. Well, that's it. I mean, word processing has come a long way from Lotus One Two Three. Well, yeah. And Libre is available on all the major platforms. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's a teacher and she was asking about, um, you know, having to renew on Microsoft and, you know, again, yeah. the cost of it is and all that. And I'm like, well, have you tried LibreOffice? She's like, I've never heard of it. It's like, well, try it. If it opens the files and it does for most people, even if you're dealing with others that are creating files in the Microsoft ecosystem, usually you'll be able to open it or find a way to work with it. And, and that's I have no problem at all saying Libre is better than Microsoft Office. I've yet to find again paying the student rate. I've yet to find a better deal than two hundred bucks a year to stay up to date with mm-hmm. audio editing software plus video editing software plus the character animator plus the Photoshop. Uh, all of those things together, I use on a daily basis. Talked about mm-hmm. in our last episode on piracy. I remember buying a copy of Photoshop for like twelve hundred dollars, and that was you get to own it, but. 
it was $1,200. Yeah. And uh, so for the subscription, I think yeah. to make sense comes down to how much money is involved. And uh, if, if there was something that was free that did all of this stuff that was open source, you know, I'd be all in like some of the stuff, the videos I've created was using open broadcaster, which if you're doing a video podcast is a great piece of open source software that you can do multiple cameras and stream and do all that kind of stuff. But for, uh, for audio editing, I have yet to find mm-hmm. anything better. Mainly I think because of the way you can do track by track effects and you can do things that I haven't been able to find elsewhere. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out and see what shows up there, but how much editing as far as like your 20, 30 minute show on a, on a basis, uh, Larry, how much time do you mm-hmm. actually spend editing an average episode? Or does it matter on, does it kind of go on how you float and just threw something out that just worked or uh, is there, is there usually a lot of time added into the editing process? Um, you know, that's way more than I should. Um, and the thing, the funny thing is it's not, it's not uh, really content editing. I rarely, We'll do a drop in or, or an insert, or maybe I just find I've gone overboard with the fucks, and I'll and I'll pluck a few of the, a few of those out. Is but that the, even the possible? Real, the real, the real. I mean, is the, it the kind of stuff. Right? The kind of not. stuff you talk about, I feel like you should be inserting more. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, Rob. But where I where I really do the heavy lifting is in combing out all the pops and clicks that my my salivating mouth produces while doing them and it's picked up and uh and it that that can take me you know several hours for a lousy 25 minutes worth of audio and uh that's why i was you know asking uh, darren if he had a recommendation because a, a guy had told me i guess uh, a couple a year ago so that there was some software that would do that for you automatically you know just press a button and poof they're all gone and he said but it's expensive as fuck and i forgot to ask him how much it was and I, or the name of it um but it's it's at a point where um you know if if if, if uh, audition with, with that plugin that uh, darren is describing is the way to go i'm going to do it because it's just too labor intensive right i think that is one thing that really does help out because it goes through if they're if they're existing in the main recording, that should do a uh, it should do a decent job of pulling that out. I mean, you can also do that with hardware, but then again, it just gets to be a question of you know what makes more yeah. sense. I mean, the DBX, I'd have to relook at the settings. I don't. There's a noise gate, but that is it. So mm-hmm. that means if your mouth noise is ever a little bit too loud, it's going to pick it up. Right. Which of course is you know yes. Murphy's law. That's <laughs> where it's going to end up. But yeah, but. Right. There's too many people that don't do any editing. So there is a, uh, I think there's a balance yeah. in there. And uh, I mean, your show, I've never noticed any kind of anything out of place. So the editing's obviously working really, really good. But if you've been listening to Grumpy Old Ben's from the Thank start, you. it went from, you know, spending that time listening to it real time and pulling out stuff that I thought would make the show better. You know, that was taking hours and we're mm-hmm. to the point now, you know, Ryan's a professional uh, now. Or, or early on. Early on, Darren used to spend forever taking out every time that I said, um, which would, which can compress the length of the show from three and a half hours down to two. Well, that's true. You know, but you know, we can't help that. Well, if, you're, if you're from the East coast, you'd be pulling out the, you knows, you know, you know, you know, you know, yeah. And yeah. what, what, what we don't do, what we make sure to leave in just for JC jr is, is all the, the basicallys. Basically, what yes. about the we? We never use actuallys in here. Maybe we should. How about some actuallys? Actually, I do use actually sometimes. 
All these things become memes. It's insane. <laughs> Meme world. Huh? They're they're all verbal crutches for yeah. uh, the for trying to uh, self. You're, it, it's all about stopping and and giving your brain time to come up with what you're saying while your mouth is on full auto. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing a news report years ago in New York, and it was some something horrific had happened on some college campus. I forget where it was in New England somewhere. Uh, I don't think it was a shooting. Maybe it was just a murder. I don't know. But they there was a guy from you know WXYZ whatever on campus, and he sticks a microphone in this guy's face, and he was clearly you know an upperclassman. And he said, you know, so and so's dead. What do you think? And this guy looks at me and he goes, Well, you know, you never know, you know. <laughs> and I the know. news guy. And the news guy <laughs> says, and the news guy says he, he, the guy the news guy was really sharp. He looks at him, he goes, and uh, what's your major, sir? And the guy goes, English. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a good sign. Like like yeah. totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very valley girl of you. Like, uh, I'm is. sorry. We reset. Did I, I'm sorry. Did I accidentally California that? Did you? Well, I think we've pretty much beaten the podcasting topic to death. Is is there anything else that you think we need to bring up? Yeah. Well, I, one thing, uh, and maybe because of my uh, incident this morning, I missed it on the way in. But uh, um, uh, I think perhaps the uh, you know one of the most critical factors of it I haven't heard really addressed yet, and that is promotion and social media and if somebody can unlock that uh that mystery box man will i be grateful well that is the question and that is uh how do you get listeners and that is the number one thing that everybody that does a podcast is eventually going to be asking themselves is how to grow that and everybody wants to use these simple things like oh well if you're on twitter if you're on this you know tell your friends and you can do that but Again, you're it's you're depending on how many friends you have will be greatly mm-hmm. dependent upon how yeah. many listeners you have. And I don't think most people want to uh, you know, don't want to stop there. I mean, most people, I think, want more than their friends to listen to their podcast. But marketing that show and growing the audience, which is why a lot of people go onto the YouTubes. This is why a lot of people want to be on every one of these listings. And, you know, you look at these apps that will list everything that is every podcast that's out there, whether you're dealing with the Apple ecosystem or whether you're dealing with Android, mm-hmm. it's really hard at this point. It's like finding a artist, you know, it's like trying to find a musical artist you like right. by going to Amazon and just clicking music and browsing. It's nearly impossible. And I think you really, and this is maybe another reason, Larry, why the multi-host shows work so well is that podcasting is a very um, interactive medium where, mm-hmm. you know, we've have you on the grumpy old Ben show. And I know there've been people that have found you because you've been on grumpy old Ben's yes, and on the no are. agenda stream. And that is a big plus, but you and I doing random thoughts and doing that Larry show that you don't have guests on. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you repay the favor? Then that becomes the, exactly. there's a lot of people sure. that will be like, Hey, if you come on my podcast, that's great. But then I want to get, you know, I want to yep. be get a part of your audience and, Mm-hmm. the single person show that's another hurdle that we didn't yes, even talk about with the single person show mm-hmm. there's no quid pro you know, quo to use a, a, a phrase that's very much in the zeitgeist right now huh <laughs> yes and it, and it yeah. is i mean it really is the you know there are huge shows 
that are out there. And if you can get mm-hmm. on one of those shows, obviously that would be helpful. And we've yeah. gotten a lot of people from the no agenda show from doing, you know, whether it's running the grumpy old bands or random thoughts right after a no agenda show, or I do the pre-shows before no agenda and do my best, you know, pimp the other shows that are on the network and pimp the shows that I'm doing. So I realized mm-hmm. that there's a lot of our audience that comes from the no agenda uh, family, but at some point you have to try to reach beyond that. And I did notice a, a difference as well, because we've talked about no agenda in the past that there is the people that show up for the live stream, which is just a small percentage of those mm-hmm. who listen to the show. Once it's been recorded and released, I did notice that after you know doing one of my donations a few weeks ago that, you know, mentioning that's where that little drop came from with Adam and John talking about, you know, grumpy old Ben's and I chopped that up into a mm-hmm. little promo. But once, you know, they read the letter, once they talked about grumpy old Ben's and grumpy old and talked about that, on the show that was actually released, we did see a bump in listeners. So sure. speaking of that promo, do you think that there's any chance that uh, we could get an animated no agenda of that? I'm sure we could. I, I, I'd cool. like to see it. I, I would totally you know, spam everybody. Uh, <laughs> you, you were asking uh, what, what is the ways that you, you can get new listeners? And uh, it, it, the question of course is marketing. Uh, yeah. Word of mouth is by far the most honest and authentic method of marketing because you're only going to get it from people who like your show, which means you have to put out a quality product in order to get it. The mm-hmm. problem with word of mouth is that it is too slow for yep. most people's tastes. Yep. And so th- how else do you get your name out there? Well, with in the case of Grumpy Old Benz, we actually uh, stole somebody else's audience we we rolled into the troll room and we politely I totally asked. abused my well i abused my position as program director of the no agenda stream to take our <laughs> shitty podcast and throw it up on on the show you know so all of the people who forgot to close out the stream quickly enough got subjected to our show and and that certainly has had a huge effect uh but i think uh you you're getting getting appearances on other shows is is the main way that you you borrow somebody else's audience i think that that is that is kind of helping word of mouth along you know you can always get jesus i just did it i, I said you know <laughs> blame me <laughs> I, this I is your all head. your fault larry it is it's all you, my fault you can always go out and and try to push you know we i i'm doing it all the time what the hell <laughs> we, now it's an, it's an we post win our show when our show posts, we always put right. it on no agenda stream. Uh, yeah. We always put it out on, on no agenda social and Darren uh, presumably puts it out on that, that horrible bird site. And that will probably let people know that it's happened. Uh, you can increase your, your marketing by, I mean, I guess if we were going to be commercial about it, we could actually pay for marketing, but why would anyone do that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, Beyond word of mouth, that's that's really the only kind of marketing that I respect. So I'm I'm trying to think of what what else you do in order to grow an audience. Yeah, I mean I don't know people uh, like for a while I, I I mean I have an Instagram you know and I would post thumbnails from the episodes with links and so forth. But it was just so you know at what point do you say this is just too much work and what's the return on this time investment? 
And I didn't, I didn't think I was getting shit out of Instagram. So I just kind of abandoned that. Um, a lot of some, some shows have rabid Reddit followings. Um, I don't, I, I don't like it over there. I find it kind of not to my taste. So I don't go there. <laughs> it's That's why Ryan goes. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a shithole. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, but, so I guess maybe people would want to know where, you know, where should you focus your efforts? Where's what's good. What's going to pay off the best because you can't control word of mouth other than by doing content you hope they like, but you can control where you sort of, you know, put your shoulder and try to, to establish some kind of a presence or spread the word. What's you, the you best should place? buy ad slots on grumpy old Ben's. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking. Yeah. You know, I did, uh, you know, I, I also, um, early on, you know, I'd occasionally throw 20 bucks at a Facebook ad and I found those to be absolutely a waste. Did nothing for me. No negligible return at all. <clears throat> are, are you kidding? Cause like a hundred thousand dollars managed to buy the election. I heard <laughs> about that. The Russian bots. Those Russians. Maybe I need some Russians working for me. Maybe that's yeah. it. Maybe the Russian purchases yeah. are just more effective or something. And the Russian yeah. spies are Everybody always very hot females. Yes. Aren't they? It's true. That's why they're calling all Yuri's and Svetlana's. Yeah. So effective. Contact me. But that is the question. And that, that's something, uh, and I know there's a little bit of static on the stream right now, which I, ever since we, we dropped out and we've been trying to clear that up, hopefully in the finished product, we shouldn't hear that. Cause, uh, as long as you're hearing me fine on, on your end, that should be good. The concept it, on my end, I sound fantastic. <laughs> I doubt, doubt that you um, always do. Yes. But there are, there are three ways, you know, when you look at a podcast, either, you know, well, not really three ways, either you want to make money or you don't. And if you don't want to make money, then you don't have to worry about any of the marketing stuff, except that more people will be listening. And that's, that's cool. But when it comes to monetizing a podcast, Adam Curry, will be the first one to tell you, you can't monetize a network. And I do believe that's the case, but Mm -hmm. you can monetize an individual podcast. There's two different ways to look at this concept which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this with you, Larry, is because you're doing the mm-hmm. Patreon thing. And if you were to yes. talk to Adam and John from No Agenda, they'd be like, I hate the Patreon concept. I would never want to put anything behind a paywall that people can't access. It doesn't work. And I know there's a lot of people doing the Patreon that mm-hmm. are doing it to varying degrees of success, including the uh, Kevin Smith era, you know, his world spawned tell them Steve Dave with Q Mm -hmm. from impractical jokers. And those guys have like 6,500 people on their Patreon, Mm -hmm. giving a minimum of five bucks a month up to like a hundred bucks a month. So I know they're making like 30 to 50 to 75,000 a month on the podcast, which is, I know that's the upper echelon of what's going on. Mm -hmm. But if you were to talk to Adam Curry, he'd be like, well, no, we would never want to do that. I see some people are being successful. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it's a question of how you want to, how you want to go about that. How has the reaction been to Patreon? Do you get anybody like hating on you? Like, oh, why would you put stuff out there that not everybody can access? Or has it overall been a pretty positive thing? Overall, it's been pretty positive. And um, there was a couple of times where um i in in the bonus episodes which are only you know available on patreon uh i i let's say i had a trilogy uh in the first year about vengeance it was a really fun show and, and all true um high school hijinks and the first two episodes were you know free and the third one which was the kind of the climax 
I put behind the paywall in Patreon. And, you know, a couple of people went off and said, you know, fuck you, you <laughs> asshole, whatever, and fine. You know, you know, but to me, I don't understand that really, because um, those same people uh, think nothing of plunking down 15 bucks to walk through an Edwards movie theater and sit down and watch that. And they pay 10 bucks a month for Netflix right. and Amazon Prime. You know, I mean, fuck off. You know, it's it, 98% of the content is free. And so you want a hundred, you're not getting it. That's, that's my, that's, that's my, my attitude. Um, so, but overwhelmingly, you know, people are very cool and, uh, and, and Patreon, you know, I'm not crazy about that, uh, about that platform. Their, their politics are, are pretty, uh, uh, can be, can be, uh, ab- abrasive to me. Well, and that's um, one of the issues but, is that you might be gone yeah. tomorrow because they don't like something you said, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It's a terrible, it's a terrible place uh, be, because of that. Sure. It's a, it's a risk that uh, every, every creator faces. Somebody takes a pick, but that's no different than YouTube or any of these services. Um, uh, have they, you ever looked into uh, Dick Masterson's new project too? I He's have, on it. I have. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on it. Um, it's, uh, it's, 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 you know, I think he's still working on it. It's kind of, it's not as easily navigable to me as, as Patreon. Um, but you know, he's, he's, he's had great success with it. I think he's got something like a thousand subscribers, people using it. And some of them are, are fairly, uh, you know, fairly prominent. Well, like uh, a lot more this week, right? Cause this was just Pornhub just got rid of all of the, uh, I know he was, uh, posting people that were on Pornhub that got demonetized to come on down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he's very, he's very smart to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know where it's all going to net out. I mean, uh, somebody, the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the original, the original idea for this, um, for, uh, um, an alternative to Patreon was from a guy named Cody Wilson, who's now in, I think he's still in jail. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, he, uh, he, 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 he formatted a, 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 you know, a competitor to a call Hatreon. And I wanted to say, come on, you got to come up with a better name than that. Um, but it was an alternative where we don't give a shit what content you're posting. If you know, you're, we're going to pay you what you're owed. Um, so I don't know where this is all going to net out. I mean, I've heard you say it, uh, you know, on, on the piracy thing and so forth and on, on, on your show, uh, about, uh, uh, supporting these other platforms. And I wish to Christ that, uh, uh, you know, Gab or Mastodon or any of these alternatives would, would gain the, uh, you know, the kinetic energy and momentum they need to become viable as, as, uh, as promotional, you know, platforms for people, but it, they, they don't seem to be able to getting out of the chocks. And I, I don't know why that is. Well, I, I think that the, the main reason why the alter, you know, it, it, Gab is, is an alternative to Twitter, I think. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Reddit has an alternative vote. There's, there's there's the alternative sites that will these sites are going to approach their popularity as soon as the other ones stop being okay for people mm. so i guess if you want to know why gab hasn't taken off and gained its own network effect it's your fault it's yeah. it's because people are still using twitter and still mm-hmm. think that Twitter is okay and is acceptable and is not completely out to screw you. Yeah. Well, I, I know it's completely out to screw uh, you. It, I find it, I find it, uh, you know, their policies horrific. Um, so, so how, how do we make these alternative more free services succeed? Well, people are going to need 
to start dropping the non-free exploitative services. Mm-hmm. Well, that's beyond that. Cause I think even Dick Masterson with his, you know, having your own Patreon is people still want to pay with their credit card. And the minute the credit card companies go, Hey, this, no, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to forward payments to you. And this has happened already with other services yeah. that I'm not sure how he's getting around that because that is still well, the, the gatekeeper. He, 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 he w- yeah, he woke up one morning to find he was just, uh, uh, you know, cut off at the hips. Um, and it was, uh, I think he was doing it through his chase. He was using Chase Bank to process his, and they said, we're, we're dropping your merchant account. Um, we're not going to take your business anymore. And, uh, you know, knowing Dick, he, he, <laughs> he had, a, had a fit, and as it was his right to do. And then uh, some chooch at uh, Chase, he said, well, where the fuck did this come from? And somebody at Chase said, well, D- your Discover told us to drop you. Discover card. <laughs> like, who the fuck uses Discover? Does anybody use Discover? <laughs> I've never even seen a Discover card. Not in a long time. Commercials. Yeah. Know? You know, never. Um, and, uh, you know, according to Dick, uh, uh, Discover dropped a dime on him to Chase and said, "This we don't like this guy's politics. Fuck him. And they dumped him. Uh, which was a terrible place to be. And so he, you know, he's not one to let any grass grow under his feet. And he found a family owned, fourth generation family owned private bank somewhere in Chinatown. And they said, we'll give you a merchant account. <laughs> and so boom, he's right back up. He's right back up and running. Good for him. Uh, but the, the thing is, all these fucking services, they're all, it's, it's one, it's one web of uh of like-minded pricks right i don't care whether it's chase or wells or 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 uh, uh you know paypal it's it's all the same you're all it's all it's all the same and they can all uh, unbelievable i mean think about this just think about this what if you walked into a uh, you know a mcdonald's and said give me a big mac and and some fries and a coke and the guy near the counter said you know well who'd you vote for <laughs> and you didn't he didn't like your answer and said fuck off that restaurant would be closed in an hour. Or, or how about if there was a restaurant that you walked in to, or, or maybe a bakery where you walked in and said, I would like a wedding cake that says Steve and Earl on it. Mm-hmm. And I would like you to bake that for me. And you know, what if the restaurant owner decided, you know what? I actually, I don't like that. I, I don't feel comfortable baking a cake for a gay wedding. So I, I, can you go across the street? Then, then people might sue them for it Mm -hmm. and win and win. (laughs) But, but again, you know, that was, that was our topic of, of many shows, many of our shows, which is the, the new, the new way the world seems to work, which is the ends justify the means and whether or not you can get away with something depends on whether or not it's for a good cause. And in this case, you know, shutting somebody down because you call them a Nazi. Okay. Shutting somebody down because they don't want to do business with, uh, gays. No, sorry. You, you're, you're Satan. You're the pariah. When it comes to monetizing a podcast. I mean, the one thing that I will say for the value for value model, which we use here, no agenda is the one that taught us all about this. The thing that works really well is that there are some really generous people who have the means that mm-hmm. will pay way more than you think anybody would for a podcast. And, you know, mm-hmm. that is yes. the evening out. We saw that kind of started with the, what there was Radiohead back in the nineties. Was it when they came out with an album, like we're giving it away for free. You can download it, but just pay us whatever you want. And of course, some people said, well, it wasn't worth anything or somebody gave them a buck. 
where some other people threw in a thousand, you know, and it's like, well, wait, you would never pay for a thousand. You would never walk into a record store and buy a new CD for a thousand bucks. But somebody who had the means was like, I really like Radiohead, and here's how I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to show my support in that way. So, I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you look at the things like the Patreon, even where people figure, well, okay, I, this is the level that I want to be at is every, I get everything from Larry that I want for five bucks a month, and that's what I'm going to do. Right. Even though if you gave them right. the choice of just give whatever they want, they might be like, well, I'm going to give you 10 bucks or I'm going to give you 20 bucks a month because that's what I think yes. the show is worth. So there's, I don't think there's any easy answer when it comes to no. um, how to monetize a podcast, but I do want to thank. I think that's, I think that's one of the problems with the Patreon model, by the way, is that when mm-hmm. you sign up, you have to say, okay, my tiers are $5, $10 and $20. Mm-hmm. And the person who would easily come in and say, this was worth a hundred dollars to me doesn't have a tier. So they're like, well, I guess I'll get the 20 and you yeah. just lost 80 bucks. Right. Put that PayPal True. link right on the same thing. Although they can, they can demonetize you as well, but now would be a great time, I guess, to mention the three donations we had on today's show, all executive producers, all friends of the show, our buddy cold acid, Sir John Fletcher <sighs> and a newcomer, Brad Hall. I mean, I'm assuming maybe Brad is in the, troll room but it's always great i mean it's it's fun when you see the donations coming in from people that we've interacted with but it's also really cool when it's like oh i've never i've never interacted with you before you found the show it's a you know it is still kind of a weird thing when uh i continue to be amazed that people even listen let alone donate but i'm not uh, You, you guys have a really terrific show it's really listenable it really is you have a great chemistry and there's absolutely no surprise that it continues to grow none it's really good. So we, well, so again, we appreciate the people listening. We really appreciate the people who got value and chipped something in, as they say. It's it's the one thing I do like to look at with the stats, although like a um, not a vast majority, but quite a high percentage. They can't really tell where they're coming from. But when I look at the download stats and see mm-hmm. that there's, we have a pretty decent download at least following i don't know if people are listening to the show but over in the uk and in australia and in the netherlands especially which i don't Mm -hmm. know if it's all void zero or the few other people out there in the netherlands listening but it's it's that's the wildest mind blower yeah it is that to me too yeah yeah i got guys listening to me from iraq mainland china you know, it's like, what? It's, it's, it's mind boggling. It really and, and is. And you know that, that most of those people downloading from those places, they don't even speak English. They're just downloading <laughs> so they can hear your mesmerizing voice. <laughs> hey, let me, before I forget, Darren, I wanted to jump in with another question for you. Since you're talking about monetization, uh, something I, I've wondered about is there are a lot of them out there that are hybrids. They're subscriber and listener supported, but they also have sponsors. How does that work? that is uh it, it's called their their whores kind of whores. i want to be a whore that is one thing and it depends <laughs> you know to me i don't know i think it depends on the amount of money you're bringing in but that it, it, i i hate to say it because i really like the guys that do the tesd podcast tell them steve dave and i really enjoy the podcast when they went to the patreon model and really hit it out of the park. Like I said, I think there's 6,500 people subscribing at a minimum of five bucks up to like a hundred bucks per month. The fact that they continue to do ads on the episodes 
kind of pisses mm. me off and it kind of turns me off because I'm like, hey, I understand really? if you're a poor podcaster trying to eke out a living, why you would take those ads. But the minute your show's making, you know, a hundred thousand bucks, you know, this again, if you're kind of just do the simple math and say, everybody's only doing the minimum five bucks, which we know isn't the true, but this will also take right. some of the Patreon fees out and we'll just even bring it down to 6,000 mm. people. That's what 30,000 bucks a month. That's $360,000 a year. I mean, granted there's three guys, but that's still over a hundred thousand dollars a year to do a somewhat weekly and they miss weeks podcast. And that doesn't make really? any sense wow. to where they want to, uh, why they still need to do the ads. I don't get it. What, 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 what doesn't make sense? You, you don't want to make more than six figures doing podcasts. <laughs> I'd be really happy. Well, what did they have those sponsors before they went Patreon? Yes. Darren? Yeah, or? they did. Oh, well, maybe they just don't, maybe they, you know, out of kind of a loyalty thing, they just don't want to say, well, not all the same that. sponsors. They've it, always been taking be? ads, but they're not even the oh, same. Okay. They're new ones. Okay. Yeah. Which and they're you. all this, you Some know, it's all this ones. same yeah. bullshit things that all of these guys seem yeah. to do, which is the, you know, the specific mattress, you know, and then it's all, they're only making money based on go to, you know, the mattress company slash Larry show. And that's, you know, right. that's how they're going to track it. Right. But N nothing but bottom shelf ads, right? which yeah. is, uh, Hey, Darren, I hate to do this to you, but my wife just texted me to say that I have a hard out at 1 PM, okay. which was 10 minutes ago. <laughs> uh -oh. Well, you know, we can, we can more than uh, continue on without you, Ryan. Don't worry. Uh, you won't be missed at all. <laughs> okay. I mean, we're about to, to wrap this thing up anyway, and uh, and uh, that's not a problem. But yeah, with the with the monetizing, I don't know. I, I kind of thought that was getting a little bit greedy. We'd all like to make a million bucks on the shows, but uh, yes, mixing that those two things together, it, it it kind of annoyed me. And yes, we'd all like to make more, Ryan. But I don't know if you're making that in the Patreon. I would think that at least one of the things you might want to offer the people then on the Patreon is an ad free version, but they don't even do that. So, but, but on, on our Patreon, we offer them a Sir Bemrose free version. That should be even right, better. That is just the version of grumpy old Ben's with your voice completely cut out. And it seems like I'm talking to nobody, but yeah, which, which has got to sound at least a little bit saner than you talking to me. <laughs> that is probably true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess. Okay. We've covered everything here and we're going to have Larry back very soon to do that hate speech episode. Cause that's going to be, uh, oh that's going to be in my craw now for a while as well, but thanks as always yeah. for joining us, Larry. We'll, we'll just have Larry on to say hate speech. Right. <laughs> just, <laughs> be hour and a half episode. Larry just hate spewing hate speech. <laughs> so he, he, I tell you what, I'd subscribe to that podcast. He's, he's the Larry's like the Ricardo <laughs> Montalban. He just comes in and goes, hate speech and then leaves and that's all that's all you needed to add to the show <laughs> i mean that's why they call you mr velvet right that's Corinthian the that's leather. the moniker <laughs> that's how it started yeah dick dick masterson tag then he then he changed it to america's dad i think i like mr velvet better <laughs> well it sounds more fun i mean yeah. you know the ladies like mr velvet does, more than america's dad but uh, yeah smoking jacket and belgian slippers and right you know. Or you Hefner. But thanks, Larry, for joining us on another dead. epically long episode of, of Grumpy Old Ben's. It, it's always fun hearing your uh, what, what's going on with you. And uh, we're all just trying to figure out how to make this podcasting thing work. And maybe all together we'll figure this one out. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to it. you know pimp push out here besides that Larry show.com, which I think everybody already knows because everybody on the no agenda stream is listening and enjoying. But is there anything else coming up that people should be aware of? 
Uh, you know, I'm just uh, the, the regular stuff. I just dropped a bonus episode about Civil War 2.0, what that's going to be like. Uh, you might want to give that an ear. I uh, last posted a couple of uh, re- last two episodes was how I trained with the middleweight champ of the world, which is absolutely a true story. You might want to check that out. And, uh, you know, we're just doing it day in, day out, week in, week out. Having fun. We all train Thank different you. ways. And your way was way more fun than I thought it yes. was originally. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks again larry and until next time i am darren o'neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle america where the barbecue is delicious and the crime rate is yummy and from america's left coast where the coffee has long since run out and it's time to start in on the whiskey i'm ryan bemrose